Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron. Or you can buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at www.redbubble.com. Don't want to spend any money? Well, you can help out the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page, and feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. Welcome to Lorehammer, episode 46, Eldari, Path of the Warrior, part one. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hey everybody. I am Mark. There we go. Okay, that's what I'm waiting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, joining us today are two more guests, obviously. One of them you'll know or you'll recognize, uh, Peter. Oh, hello. Welcome back. Glad to be back. Of course you are. Who wouldn't be? Frankie. That's yeah. why it's taken so long. That's why he's every time he's like, <laughs> I'm no, so I'm busy. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. you guys are just jerks. <laughs> Assholes. Anyways, f- joining us today is Frank. How are you doing? Hello. Uh, the last time you were on was almost three years you were ago. You were a very no, first two. guest, I Frank, think, actually. I was no. after Christian. Yeah. yeah, he's not a guest. He is. He's not he part is, of this. He is Lorehammer. No. He is the heart and spirit of. I quit. <laughs> you haven't been back since like that orc episode yeah like, that was my so first like, yeah. episode yeah. three wow yeah yeah it, you can really tell who our friends are by who we have on that's right or who's willing to come back ouch that's that. painful wow why well really i'm here because mark uh i try and get motorcycle favors out of mark yeah so this is how you get now wait 30 minutes of motorcycle oh time. i love it beautiful love it <laughs> get out that's not how this works so worth it. we do not sell I don't ourselves i sell what warhammer is warhammer anymore <laughs> it has been a long time since you've even just been involved in the hobby yes sir but that's okay you've got life right in yeah. fact i've heard that you're married to eric's sister and don't, that is I don't why talk don't about bring it. that don't want to talk this. about it <laughs> but yes yes eric is my brother and i shall refer to him as such throughout the episode <laughs> Shoot me now. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Moving Moving on, on, though. uh, Before we actually get into the episode, what we want to do is take a moment to thank our new uh, Patreons. Uh, So thank you so much to Lewis. And Hugh. Uh, Yes, thank you, Hugh. And also to Anon. 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 The name that uh, said it donated was Anon Anon. (laughs) I was like, oh. That's right. Some people are such good people, they don't want to be known as unknown. They want to be so unknown to even right. be unknown. Wait, if it's anonymous, can I just take credit for all the anonymous <laughs> patrons you have? They're all me. Well, it was only 50 cents patronage. Yeah, so Peter. That's pretty stingy of you. Mm. Oh, <laughs> thank you for coming forward, Peter. <laughs> it was a trap. <laughs> it always is. The, the best, though, is uh, Hugh. I was talking to him literally like a couple hours before. and He's like, oh, when are you going to read my listener lore? I'm like, oh, well, we read them in order. We got a bunch in. Like, we'll get to it eventually. But if you give us money, we'll bump you up on the move list. So right, which which is not a real thing until, well, until, now until Mark is. and his so flappy, flappy mouth. If you give me money, I will bump your listener <laughs> lore up is what I'm saying. Oh, my God. This is a... Uh, not a one-time offer. What do you call a lot of time is this offer? Prost- a prostitution. Is this prostitution? Yeah. This is. This is prostitution, Mark right? is selling Lorehammer. He's <laughs> no. turning tricks. This is what it is doing. 
Normally, I have to sell my body for Warhammer, but this time I'm actually getting smart businessman. Yeah, these are money moves right Mm -hmm. here. Yeah, getting money for Warhammer. He's not a businessman. He's a business man. Well, (laughs) so thanks everyone for contributing. (laughs) Yes, thank you for your support. There's always Um, little things we want to buy, like to make the quality better and stuff. So. And, and, uh, and to enhance what we can offer yeah. and, and add things. So, so we're always looking at ways to increase what we give. Like minimum effort, but yeah. maximum output. Is That's right. Like, like this is Which the apparently I- takes a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> like it's weird. It's like the more money you put in something, the less time you have to put into it. So mm. it seems to us we just need money a pit. lot we- of money. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> give us money cool <laughs> all right um let's uh start we are today we are gonna play a little game uh called pictionary but with words huh so what's gonna happen is uh mark is going to think of a topic <laughs> it's not a drum i'm telling you that right now <laughs> mark is gonna think of a topic he's gonna give us one word at a time and we're gonna go around the table and we're all gonna have a chance to guess what he's saying and then until we get it he's just gonna keep adding one word and one more hint until we get it is it an item or is it like anything? Oh, anything in forty oh. k? Oh, oh, it has forty. Oh no. Well, obviously it's going to be forty k. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we're doing here, right? Gardening. Sirloin steak. That's it. That's why you're here, Frank. It's clearly, 40K. clearly, the qualifications to be on this show is low. Very low. Very low. Yeah. I don't, don't say that with Peter here. <laughs> Peter's like studying all night. I like crammed the notes that Eric sent me in like 10 minutes last night. I was like, oh, that is that is definitely Tildir. Right you looked there. at that it and is, you're like, yep, that's that's Eldar. Those all are right, the words. All right. Okay. Sorry, back to the office. Mark, go ahead. Alrighty. Uh first word will be chaos. Anything. Anything that comes to your mind. Uh chaos marine. Oh, he's getting closer. Oh, got it in one. Okay. Got it in Go, one. Frank. Drummer. <laughs> no. It's not a drummer. Shoot. Hmm. Well, wh- what uh, else is there? <laughs> There's only chaos. Noise drums. Marine. Noise yeah. marine. No. Oh, that, um, that would be a drum, though, right? Right. Drummering? Well, maybe. Drummering? Uh-huh. Can we make or those? Harps, can we make that a thing? Or Should or I come or... to the gay ridge and make a, make a... Anytime you want to come there, you're more than welcome. Oh, Next word. Um, Sorry. Nurkle. Guys, I <laughs> I don't work here. <laughs> this is not how I studied. <laughs> uh, this is like marine. the pop quiz in front of the class. No. A plague. This, oh, like, oh, this is what I have. Feculent Becu- uh, Narlma. <laughs> no, no. You're how close. is that not it? <laughs> I have no idea. Slanish? No, he said no. Nurgle. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that is. Final word I'll give you is virus. Uh, okay. Well, I know it now. Oh, no Nur- one else is going to know. Bail no, us out. No, no, no. Bail us out. Nurgle virus. That's clearly. right. He, clearly he, what he it is. It. I, no. A Nurgle marine virus. Part no. three. <laughs> it is the obliterator virus. Ah, yes, sir. And that's the teaser for the next upcoming bonus Ooh. episode. Well, after listener lore. No, there is no listener lore. Anymore. Oh, my God. Don't tell you. Don't tell you. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're ready to start the, the, the episode. Um, yeah. Which has nothing to do with chaos or obliterator virus. No, no. But what is all about the path of the warrior of the Eldari. Or you the craft world. Craft world. Eldar. That's right. For as the they layman. call themselves. As they, as they identify themselves. Mm, nope. But okay. They do. That's how they identify. That's the Eldari. Sure. Well, or the Asuriani. Oh my God. <laughs> the, the craft are, world. These Eldar. are all made up words. I just all want everyone to know. <laughs> Aren't they? No. 
Yes. They are. Okay. What? <laughs> what the fuck? Let's talk about what's the path. happening. Okay, so we actually have talked about the path before. Um, you were actually on that episode, Peter. Oh yeah. I well, I am the resident Eldar expert. That's right. We should get him a T-shirt that says "Resident Elder Expert." <laughs> uh, the R E E. We're constantly trying to improve really? Lorehammer. This right, is one of the ways your money. Patreon donations <laughs> can improve Lorehammer. Um, but that was, if you are unfamiliar with what the path represents, first of all, you shouldn't be listening to this episode because you're listening to it out of order, <gasps> uh, which is a gross misuse of resources. Absolutely. Uh, so go back, listen to episode twenty or thirty-five. 35. Uh, path of the do you LR. have all the episodes you've ever been on tattooed on your back or something and like <laughs> the titles yeah that's right yeah. perfect <laughs> uh go back and listen to that we basically talk for three hours about the path of the eldar which is basically a way that uh the eldar eldar are able to focus themselves so they can avoid falling to excesses and giving their soul to slanish yeah it allows them to like focus specific, a specific portion of themselves and explore the universe through that lens without falling into a hedonistic a hedonistic uh trap because elder are so like emotional they just feel things they're like a 13 year old emo kid they just feel things so much deeper than anyone nope. else can mm. imagine mm. i mean just, i relate the feelings I, I are so that. deep yeah frankie knows i get that he knows he feels weird. things that we don't feel yeah and such extremes <laughs> love <laughs> never felt it but i heard it's great. i've heard i've heard good heard things, good things. <laughs> Um, but what we are going to focus on today is the path, specifically the path of the warrior. Now, anyone who follows the path of the warrior, uh, are the defenders of craft worlds. Um, they are warriors that follow in the path of Cain, the Eldari God of war, and all of them adopt particular aspects of him. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone needs to be able to fight i guess well they, I need, they need to be able to the, the craft world need to be able world. to protect yeah. itself right or to like offense go on the offensive in order to alter things in the universe because the eldari are, are known for changing time right they they look at the threads of fate and, and they want to find the best output well and this is 40k so if you don't have warriors I, you don't <laughs> stick around for very long no right, right. yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. that's a good point you <laughs> won't be around for very long um, it's called that anyone who is on the path of the warrior is actually a priest of Cain. Um, and that's like what it means to like, they erect shrines, you know, to meditate and worship is a strong word, but really, I mean, worship in the sense that everyone worships a chaos God, right? Like <laughs> what you're, what you're feeding is instead Cain and the idea that is Cain as opposed to your own selfish, violent, you know, yeah. physical tendencies. Yeah. And just like a priesthood, it, it takes like all of your focus. Like it takes everything of you to like fall down, down that path. It's a very, you can't focus on anything else. You're so dedicated to it. Um, and war is like particularly like emotional too, especially for the Eldar. So. Because yeah. they're so in tune with. Yeah. And it, it just takes more out of them. And yeah, it's just, it's a big, it's like priesthood essentially. Yeah. Like you're saying. So, <laughs> Perfect. Ramble, 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 words and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's first let's talk about uh, Phoenix Lords. Now, the Phoenix Lords are the original founders of shrines. So, and these shrines are founded millennia ago, um, after the fall of the Eldar, though after the birth of Slanesh. So, some of them, especially the oldest ones, have 
almost been around for as long as it's been that the Eldar have lived on craft worlds. Yeah. 10,000 years. It's wild. Well, more than that, but that's fine. Sure. Just numbers. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this episode has a weird, weird vibe to it. Every episode's a different vibe. And this one, I'm picking up some weird. Touchy, touchy vibes? No, no. <laughs> no. Those are the only vibes I like to give out. Oh God. Other than actual touchy, touchy. Please so. don't touch me. <laughs> Sorry. You were warned. Um, so Phoenix Lords, they call no specific craft world home, but they instead wander the galaxy seeking out conflict. Uh, they can sense where they are needed and are attracted to war and the need of the Eldari. Yeah. They've kind of transcended like regular beings. Yeah. Yeah. It's like lots of people even like will mistake them for gods because they're just like such a level above like even like their like the way they move like their strength like everything's just the so way much, they talk yeah the, their presence like how you feel when you're in the presence of a phoenix lord yeah is, yeah because yeah, really like there's for each aspect and we're going to go into the different aspects there's only one phoenix lord that throughout the entire galaxy yeah right so like and even though there's as many craft worlds as there are and if all of those craft worlds have like a shrine of the dire avengers they all follow the same phoenix lord yeah and like his teachings and like yeah his way of war it's pretty wild their worship gives him ah. strength yeah <laughs> what yeah um <laughs> i'm so lost i'm so worried about this episode <laughs> you have no idea Dude, orc, orc 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 my hands are like sweating i'm like <laughs> i have no idea what eldar is this these weak palms sweating <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. spaghetti on his sweater already. <laughs> right? That's right. You have played 40K, right, Frankie? In a very, very long time. <laughs> That's mm. okay. You probably played it more recently than Peter. But Peter... Oh, this is a game you can play? <laughs> <laughs> it's not just books? Yeah, I, d- uh, I thought I'm it was just lore, I'm just here guys. for the books. <laughs> I'm just here for the books, guys. <laughs> hey, I just see Mark's minis... On his shelf. I never actually see him do anything with them. Oh, that's no, true. No. Well, you that's can't true. actually do anything with them. You build them and you look at them. Don't paint them. That's for sure. Fifty Shades of Grey, friends. Uh, yeah, so the, the Phoenix Lords, um, they use the web webway to travel from craft world to craft world, depending on the need. And it's pretty crazy that, yeah, they just can sense that, like, that foreboding, that doom, that upcoming battle. So, yeah, they just travel the craft world going where they are needed most. Uh, the Lords exist to this day and are kept alive through the continued consumption of Eldar souls. Yes, and bodies. But sometimes, like, uh, Phoenix Lord will, like, disappear for, like, yeah. like two centuries. Yeah. Like, just, you don't see them, and then they show up again. Yeah. And part of that can be just due to the way they are, like... Um, they might have so been and, doing something in another area that no Eldar is in, so yeah. they, they don't know where they are. Uh, and the other part of it is, like, when a Phoenix Lord dies, his soul gets absorbed back into his armor, and uh, that armor could lay dormant on a distant battlefield collecting dust for millennia. And then eventually, like, an Eldar warrior could go pick it up, and when he dons the armor... Then he kind of gets consumed by the Phoenix oh. Lord. Yeah, and it, it just it rises again, and yeah. hence the Phoenix. Yeah, you know. So yeah, like That's they cool. can, yeah, they can just like be dead for millennia, but like they're still alive in their armor because like, the the armor houses the spirit stone, yeah. and so as long as that spirit stone like, is kept safe, there shouldn't be any yeah. problem. It should last forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they can never like really die unless you've like destroyed like their armor completely. I was like, about to say and it. Can you destroy their stones? And that would be the other way to do it, too. Yeah. And I think there is an example. I forget which Phoenix Lord, but I think one of them has been killed. 
And how um, and is like that not, like super hard to do though? Well, it's just like killed and not resurrected. Yeah, would be super. But hard I'm saying like to destroy one of their stones. Yeah. Okay. Like, if you put a Phoenix Lord and then you put an atomic bomb on it, <laughs> probably the Phoenix Lord is going to perish. But they're so special and they're so like perfect in what they do that. I don't know. Like it, it seems that they've transcended regular battle. Like you can't trap them. They understand. Like whatever you think you're doing is sneaky. They've been around for fourteen thousand years and they've seen it before. Yeah, mm. and uh, not only have they been around for fourteen thousand years, when they like when somebody dons their armor, armor, their soul then becomes a part of the Phoenix Lord. So then they get that Eldar's life. Experience. I was about to say they probably get that like knowledge and exactly. Everything so like, right. and then so they then they die and then it. they add another. So then they have. 100,000 years of experience like that's you know. pretty cool so yeah like they're incredibly tough um i i wish on tabletop they were like a little better like they it is like, not they should be like fully yeah they should be like primark level stats like they're they're crazy what they really are but right. uh yeah so that's kind of a little bit about them well it, it totally fits in the primark category as well just as like there's only one reboot gilliman yeah and like reboot gilliman has the ultramarines uh the phoenix lord asuraman has, has the, the dire, dire avengers. avengers like yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. They should be very similar level, but yeah. Um, what are they kind of tabletop? They're, they're just mid range. Like they're, they're just HQs. Yeah. They're like only 150 points. we like a, like a knob. Uh, like a war. <laughs> I'm going to relate everything in this yeah, episode to yeah. orcs somehow. You gotta, you gotta feel familiar with yourself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Related. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The Phoenix Lord spirit stone houses all the souls of previous hosts, but it's the original warrior that commands the current body. And it's, it is his will that is manifested. So even though, uh, like I might don the armor of Asur men, like my soul is consumed by his yeah. and it is his soul. Then that takes over my body and then commands that armor. Yeah. So it's, it's very different than how an Exarch works. And even though they share some similarities, like this is hundred percent, you are being possessed and then you lose yourself in their, craziness that is their soul <laughs> yeah oh. uh the craft world eldar are educated about the phoenix lords through the asuriata which is an epic told only once every generation it is known only by the bards of twilight which are a group of poets and storytellers and features many parables and teachings which guide a lot of the day-to-day -day actions of the eldar as well as war councils so they're educated about the phoenix lords but <laughs> once a generation so they're, they're not getting like a lot of information but if and you like think about it generation would be like yeah a long time but if you think about it would an eldar ever forget well like what if you're like an eight-year-old eldar there though, i don't think it right? matters you're like watching that thing and you know now you don't get to see it again. you don't but see it again you yeah. might you and like might. the harlequins don't even do this play either like yeah, like this is I don't I'm just wondering like how much is really known about the Phoenix Lords. Like for instance, well, I know you'd you, have to listen to the Asuriata. Do you really know that like the Phoenix Lord is going to come and like take over your body? You're like, no. "Oh yeah, this is going to be great." Oh yeah, <laughs> Phoenix Lord come. No. And then like <laughs> ascend. Yeah, Peter's gone. Now the Phoenix Lord has taken over I, and you're like, "Oh, that was not actually I a great deal for I me." I don't think that's what the education entails uh, at all. If anything, it's a history. Well, sure. 
I'm just saying I don't think there's a lot of information. <laughs> yeah. But they're no, they're like, not. How much do you really know about? And Phoenix that's Lord why I think it's Eldar. It's full yeah. of more parables and teachings and less of like, all right. So when you open your soul up to ask like hell, yeah, <laughs> it's not. It'll be good. so worth it yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> but you gotta let it happen. <laughs> don't fight it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then kind of the the last big thing we have on uh, Phoenix Lords is that uh, it's prophesied that all the Phoenix Lords will gather together and fight at the uh, Ranadandra, which is the Eldar final battle against Chaos. Yeah, which uh, Yanari is trying to, or sorry, Yvrain, that's who she's trying to force that battle. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's even said that like in the. Rahana Dandra or whatever uh, that like some of the Phoenix Lords will actually die forever during that final battle like after that they'll finally find peace and die and like yeah because they're so are they like they're, tormented like you would almost have how to do be, you like, think man after living for that long yeah, and like, only only battle only battle yeah. like you don't know peace oh, or anything yeah, right they all, only come to life for battle no no yeah. no no, no. They, they, they only know for battle. battle yeah oh wow they, they follow the path of the warrior which it means, all starts from being lost on the path of the warrior yeah Right, like yeah, that's yeah. all. Phoenix Lords would be lost sure. on the path of the warrior. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like that's that's the first step, right? So you've got like the different paths, which we talked about in episode thirty-five, and then there's being lost. You can be lost on any of those paths, but to become like an exarch, you have to be lost on the path of the warrior, which means yeah. you're stuck in that path. You can never really leave it. You're just, that's your path for life. Yeah. And so the Phoenix Lords have all, that's, that's what it is. They're lost on that path. They only yeah. know war. They don't know anything. And else. then they every soul else. that they absorb most likely also is only known war. Everyone is also lost on that same path. And yeah. And yeah, so they're, they're not spending any time peacefully being, uh, they're not an gardening, right. yeah, doing an artist, they're not doing right, path yeah. of like the dream or anything. Yeah. All they're doing is battle after battle so it's pretty cool i don't think you're like you got to be a pretty powerful psyche in order to survive that yeah and be yourself still. yeah it's a good time it's a great time <laughs> for 40k it's a good time is there such thing as a good time yeah 40K? yeah 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 you know you're rolling dice you're getting all sixes it's a good time that's that's how that's, that's how your... in the lore works too they all are just rolling dice that's, figured that's out how stuff. they actual battle and yeah. then when they win, that's how i always stand there so i'll shoot you yeah that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's how it works. I don't know. I don't know if I believe you. All right, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about exarchs. Um, so exarchs, these warriors uh, have become lost upon the path, and they stay within their shrines, teachings, guidings, and leading their warriors into battle. Um, yeah, they basically just are like the heroes of certain shrines, heroes of aspects, and they lead their brothers. They teach them. Um, yeah, everyone needs. Uh, to be taught how to fight properly, even though you're an elder and you have like this perfect body and like perfect agility, always coordinated, you still need to like be taught like martial arts and yeah, and you need to learn um, the characters and adopt like the um, like the feelings and the emotions of yeah. that particular shrine because every aspect that we're going to go into, they focus on very different yeah. methods and e even like their philosophies yes, are different too. Like uh, yeah, some are very grim and have a very grim outlook on life and others are not as much, but yeah, yeah. It, it's it said that exarchs, um, while they like never leave their shrines, like the other warriors that are in the shrine can actually leave and they can go live in their quarters or whatever, but an exarch never leaves. Um, and part of that is because all other Eldar view them as already being dead. Hmm. 
So even though their actions and the role that they're in is honored and respected, it's like, how could an Eldar relate to you when you've given yourself so far in this path? Hmm. So that's kind of wild. They're kind of ostracized from society that way. They're also on path of the warrior. The exarchs. Yeah. Yes. They've been lost on the path of the warrior. Okay. 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 Yeah. I'm following. I got you. Um, so, Sorry, Peter. Yeah. So, uh, and just to clarify, because there's the different aspects, which are like groups of like their warriors within a path, right? <laughs> and so those are larger groups, and then within those aspects are the different shrines. Yes. Yeah. So each aspect could have a few shrines. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about here. And then each shrine would have an exarch. Yeah, exactly. And the aspect yeah. has the Phoenix Lord over the whole aspect. So yeah, you can in one craft world, you can have five different shrines all dedicate all dire avengers. And even though they all are slightly different, they all function in a very similar way. And there are going to be some things about them that are the same and very small things that aren't. But all right. of them, they're Phoenix so Lords. So because the aspect is the dire avengers. Yes. Then the different shrines are within that group. Yeah. 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 Uh, Exarchs, there's there's a lot of them. Like a craft world could have as many know, as they have shrines. As many as yeah, people are called onto the path. Yeah, and uh, Exarchs are also in charge of maintaining the shrine and its war gear. Is another thing that they uh, are in charge of doing. Yeah, especially because a lot of times the shrine houses like sacred weapons and yeah. sacred armaments, right? Or like rituals or like housing things. Yeah. So, um, an interesting thing about Exarch armor is that it actually has multiple spirit stones within it. Um, and all the previous Exarchs who have worn that armor are placed inside it after their body dies. Hmm. So if you all of a sudden become an Exarch of this aspect or sorry, of this shrine, you put on that armor. Now you can actually commune with all the other previous exarchs of this shrine yeah so very different than phoenix lords but they function in a similar way like the avatar and, okay from the and, last airbender <laughs> my understanding of it too is when you put that armor on like it fuses with you like there's no taking that armor yeah. off right yeah. so you put on that exarch armor you are an exarch not only are you lost on the path yeah but now you put on that armor <laughs> and you're ostracized from society so you've got these other voices in your head <laughs> connected from the spirit zones in your body but yeah you you don't just take that thing off no yeah. one floss and all those voices lost. in your head all, all they want to talk about is their previous war battles and stuff their previous glories I did this so much better than you're doing this right now <laughs> 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 no, no, no. For a second, I was like, is Peter telling that to Mark? Yeah. Well, what, no, it, that's, that's the voice, the voice in your head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh I was also following. No, I, was like, no. I was like, oh, man, like, he's throwing shade no, on his like, own podcast. Peter, that's, that's pretty, that was rude. pretty out there. Why would you be so hurtful? <laughs> no, I mean, just imagine having like all these warrior voices in your head. Yeah. Oh, should have gone left of up. Yeah. No, for real. That's it's like a backseat gamer. Yeah. It really is. That sounds like the worst. Yeah, when you read it, they are not at peace with each other. They are constantly contending. Like, do they get to choose if they become an exarch? Uh, Are they I, like called to that's, it? That's that's a or like, an so interesting say, question. Say there's like like a what are the other guys called? Phoenix lords. Phoenix lords. Say there's like phoenix lord armor and then exarch armor. Would they like? Oh, I want to be an exarch and then pick that armor, or is it like? Oh, like my spirit is called to this one, or I don't know. How does? There's but, a, are you going to get exarch armor? Or? Like that kind of thing happens all the time because. 
Exarchs will die. They'll all die. The time. Oh, Whereas okay. like Phoenix Lords, like that's that's a huge. Is that like an honor? Big thing. Like that'd be totally so different. There are some warriors even who like undertake uh, pilgrimages and like missions to specifically find lost Phoenix oh, Lord crazy. armor that's because cool. they're like I want to I want to resurrect him and that's cool and bring him back and, and I want to become the Phoenix Lord. But the there's a couple different ideas that we've had on like what does it take to be lost and like how do you actually become lost on the path? Mm. And I the think I, I think you could accept uh, both answers. I think you could accept the one of where you your soul slowly just loses itself on the path. Right. And it's just, you don't have, it doesn't happen consciously. It doesn't happen because of any one decision you made, but it's just a, a slow path that you followed and eventually you're lost and you can't find your way back. Mm. But I also think that in times of need, like the gestalt will of the Eldar like calls a need to some things. And if it needs specific people to become exarchs and lead things, Still then some people will just, it'll rise up and they feel forced and like pointed into that. So and they, they feel choice. like they can't escape it. Right. Cause I've, I've read examples of both. Hmm. Yeah. I, I like, like to choose to be exarchs and they're called. There's not it? really a choice okay. in it, but like that was, we, that was we touched question. on this too Sorry. in uh, episode thirty-five, but that whole idea of like within the whole culture of the Eldar, like they need to have all these things, and so yes, there's a component of like I'd like to try this or I'd like to do this, but you're also considering the larger will of like what the Eldar need because not everybody can go and do one thing, and so I think built into that culture also is like making sure that everything's covered. But your and- decision is much more conscious and rational based. Yeah, I I don't think like just some random craft world guys like you know i'm gonna go down the path of the warrior comes across and i'm and, gonna get lost at, well and I, he comes across the exarch armor it's laying there he's like first day on the path of the warrior picks up the exarch armor <laughs> right, yeah. i'm the exarch of the shrine i don't yeah. think that happens okay at all like i think it definitely it's more it's not intentional but it kind of is like the more you focus on battle it, I, I just created my next role-playing character. Oh, <laughs> interesting. I'm Gary. Gary it's yes. my first day on the path of the warrior. Yeah. And I just stumbled onto an Exarch piece of armor. Yeah. I'm just going to slap that baby on. And yeah, like, what, what happens What, what shenanigans has Gary got himself I, into this oh, week? Oh, Gary. <laughs> so I don't think that happens. Like I think it's very much like you have to still be qualified. Most likely the person who dons the Exarch armor is already going to be enshrined in like the shrine doctrine right um they've and, like, trained they've given they've, everything they have yeah, they know Medi- what they've yeah. meditated yeah. so long that they couldn't do anything but be lost well, yeah and you're part of a squad right and so you're like squad leader is like your exarch and yeah. so you're battling with him and then he falls in battle and he dies and then you're taking it on to like continue the fight like it's, yeah it's not but yeah, it's, like what you're saying but the, it's more it's, than that I think because you can't just be like it's it's different from a human perspective because there's a chain of command in human right like if the sergeant falls the next person just picks up the banner or assumes command but with with Eldar you have to be willing to like leave every other aspect of Eldar life behind to become lost yes no you're already you already realize I think at that point you're lost on the path yeah. right yeah. like this is because this takes an, an a large amount of time. Yeah. But I think in the Path of the Warrior book that both you and I read, mm-hmm. um, that I think that's exactly how it happens. But it's essentially is because the 
to have the Exarch's armor available, the Exarch has died. Not necessarily. Which usually <laughs> happens. Well, because it's fused to their body. So what happens if they don't? But sometimes there are death, shrines. Sometimes there are shrines that are unused for thousands of years that you like in that sure, story sure. also, like he is drawn and he doesn't know why. And he's drawn through these paths that he's never been through on the craft world before until he finds himself at this shrine. And there's this armor that hasn't been used in so long. And he puts it on and now he's an Exarch. But that wasn't part of his original shrine at all. It is a completely different shrine, even though it's still striking Scorpion. So even mm. though it can happen in that heat of the battle moment, I truly think that it's more likely. I think it's less likely that you become an Exarch in the middle of a battle. And it's more like I've now fallen. Yeah. And not necessarily in the heat of yeah, battle. Yeah. You would literally have yeah. to take off all your armor. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, take well, off all the dead guys. armor. Changed here. Yeah, oh yeah. Guys, hold on. Yeah. Stop shooting. Yeah. But yes, I also think that like in almost everything we read, Exarchs have been that warrior for years, countless years sometimes it even yeah. says, but like as they are Exarchs. Yeah. So and, it's uh, not just, not anyone can do it. Yeah. And the other thing too about uh, shrines is they don't always have an Exarch. Like, so let's say hmm. like. Really? Yeah. Like even on tabletop, you don't have to take an Exarch. You don't. I don't think so. No, just let me hear me out. Just let me hear. (laughs) So if the one died, right, and like he had four pupils, it was a small shrine, or let's even say three pupils, and none of them felt like they were worthy to put on that Exarch armor. I don't think they would. Like, I honestly don't think they would unless they were full. Like, none of them are lost on the path. Like, all of them still have other aspirations. I don't think one of them would be forced to do it. Like, and then there are examples of shrines just dying out. Yeah. Like, yes, but so I think that's, sure. the, I think that's the, shrine is, the shrine is not going to persist without an Exarch. Right. Because but, but it, so it could kind of. It will die it, out until an Exarch di- comes yeah, to, to exactly. claim ownership yeah, and so leadership. It could have those specific things that the Exarch is doing for the shrine. Exactly. So like those duties aren't being and, maintained. That's yeah. not happening. And so, yeah, yeah. you're just going to probably end up drifting over to one of the other shrines within the same aspect. Or, yeah, or even, or even a different path gonna, completely. A different like path just or a different leave. aspect. That's true. If you're not so, lost on it, then. Exactly. Yeah. Can, is yeah. it bad to be lost? Yeah. Yes yeah. and no. It's bad. <laughs> what you should do, Frank, is you should listen to episode 35. I, I was just thinking, I was like, I probably should have listened to that before nah. I came to this one. Nah, you're, you're informed enough. The path of the cool. world, like, you can be lost on the path, and it sucks for you, potentially, because you can't experience any other aspect of Eldar life, but it, it is necessary for Eldar civilization to have, to have people, people lost. lost. Okay, cool. So it's like you make a sure. sacrifice. Yes. For sure. Cool. And it's basically like, this is my life's calling. This is what I'm I'm supposed to do forever. But you don't like, have to feel that way. You could just as easily have been like, I can't believe I can't find my way out. Yes, and now it's just both. too late for me. Yeah. Oh, what I'm, I'm looking at a little more from the Pessimist positive optimist, yeah. Yeah, side. But yes, there also half is full, the, yeah. the, 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 the side. Yeah. <laughs> there's, but that's, yeah, there's both. Yeah. I can't find my way out. And also, no, this is good. I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, it's been a lot on Exarchs, but we do, and there's more. We do have a little more. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, a lot of times individual armor has individual titles with it. So if you're a shrine of the spiking, striking scorpion and you're an Exarch, eventually you like will claim the title of that armor. Yeah. And there are just as many shrines as there are, which as we've said, could be infinite. There are infinite titles with infinite armors. Yeah. Yeah. So. But it and is the, cool to the, know the, th- the way the title kind of even plays out is just because like when you don that armor, like we said, you, you kind of get that knowledge of all those previous people and all of them have kind of been basing their knowledge off the previous people. So you eventually just 
form a certain thought process. So, like, the one armor might be called, like, the, the quick strike, you know? Because everyone kind of who donned that armor, like, was hearing whispers in their head, like, oh, you got to be, like, quick and fast, you know? So it just kind of eventually creates its own name for itself based on the personalities around, like, the combat it's been doing. Hmm. So, Yeah. So, um, there you go. This is the crazy armor. <laughs> all the crazy Exarchs. Each, so I think we've said this before, that each aspect can have multiple shrines. Um, but what we should say is that each Exarch can only tend after a limited number of aspect warriors. Yeah. So part of that is just going to be the shrine isn't big enough to hold everything, depending on the shrine sure. itself. And also part of that is because he is the you know, the spiritual guide, the teacher, the leader of these people that he doesn't yeah. have time to devote himself to 700 students. Exactly. It's very limited. Most shrines, you can only really like mentor like a couple people. So most yeah. shrines will cap out around 10 people. Yeah. And um, part of what we're going off by that is just tabletop squad numbers. Yeah. And like, hey, when you have a squad of 10, one of those is going to be an exarch. Yeah. Right. But um, also even in the book, like there's not a lot of people in the in the shrine yeah. at all, and, and like because even, you need to devote so much to them on an individual level. Yeah, and like even like elder populations are not massive populations in the first place. So, yeah, yeah. and these uh, these are all like elites, right? So yeah. it's not like everyone is like I want to be a dire adventurer, yeah. mom. Although that is the yeah, the one that has the most people, the and, most, but and there's the probably just shrine. the most shrines and the biggest sure. shrines, sure. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about shrines now because we've been throwing that out a lot. Okay. Shrines are like massive structures in craft worlds uh, that house the aspect warriors, uh, the exarch, their war gear, and their training grounds and facilities. I'm so glad you went over what shrines were because I thought that was in episode 35 as well. Oh. And I was, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh fuck. Just this lost is just some a more. recap. <laughs> oh, this is? No. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, each shrine will be different in its appearance, and though they're going to look really different, there's one thing that they all must have, and that is an inner sanctum. Yeah. And uh, in the inner sanctum, this is where the Exarch resides, and uh, <laughs> they are quad-ministered. I don't know who's typing <laughs> stuff in our notes. Administered oh, the rights of war <laughs> before the altar of Cain. Why would you give me editing rights? <laughs> that is on you, sir. <laughs> Touche. You know what? Fair. <laughs> yeah, so this is where the Exarch resides, and like this is where he performs the rites of battle uh, before the altar of Cain that's inside. Some of these rites are marking aspect warriors with rune bloods before battle, uh, singing songs of old battles, and donning the war gear, which is very ritualistic. Extremely like, ritualized. Yeah. Um, shrines can be any kind of environment possible. So it's not limited to like a, a singular building or tower. Um, they can be anything you want. So if you want like a swamp as a shrine, or really if that's like what your uh, aspect or your shrine represents, you'll be in the swamp. And yeah. then it could be a frozen wasteland. It could be a desert. It could be anything. Yeah. And even just to go back to like how massive these are, uh, some aspects pilot vehicles like there's uh we'll talk about them in this episode eagle pilots where they're fire uh, flying fighter jets so you have to have this massive like oh, we're talking yeah. about like because you need to train with them right? yeah like we're talking about a huge place we're not just talking about a small little warehouse yeah, you have to be able thinking. to fly and maneuver these planes can go 360 uh, kilometers per hour or whatever like oh it's way more three hundred sixty thousand yeah um kilometers per hour like you need a huge area for some of these shrines would some yeah. of these shrines be like 
are they on worlds though or are, they, are any of them like as big as oh they're on craft they're on craft worlds uh, because these with, are specifically for craft world right. yeah. oh, okay, and craft okay, worlds okay, okay. can be like planet sized spaceships yeah. right right okay, yeah. okay 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 so think like the entire country of canada could potentially yeah, be an eagle pilot sh- shrine right yeah exactly right. devoted right. specifically to the teaching and training of eagle right. pilot okay. philosophy um, I follow. yeah and like even just to go back like why would you have different uh biodomes and stuff like what what would be the purpose of that and it could just be specialization. Like some Dire Avengers like to like their Exarch really values urban combat. So they build like an urban combat area. You know, some like what? I don't know. It just I don't think that the Exarch builds anything. I I, I think it's the, the, Well, the craft world and the, the shrine set, yeah. yeah, the shrine already exists. Yeah. And then through the teaching is you've just adapted to become part of that. So then yes, so yes. They, they yeah, when a new sh- experts yeah. of when a new exarch is like dons the iron armor, yeah. he's not changing the whole shrine. No, yes, of like course. that's already okay. established. But like the very first one who established the shrine, he would have probably took like his personal style I could see and that, put, yeah. put it in. And exarchs can start shrines. Yeah, because you can start shrines like depending on the calling so because shrines are within the aspect yeah because you can't start an aspect because that's the phoenix lord yeah but the shrine within the aspect yeah that's the yeah that's pretty cool so that that's kind of why like these vary so much it's just depending on the aspect also depending on like within that aspect like the certain flavor of that aspect because everyone fights a little differently so and like has little different martial arts so yeah yeah so that's kind of shrines uh, now let's talk about Aspect War Gear. So these are some things that are kind of universal between all aspects. Even um, though, most, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not all of them, but a lot of them will share lots of similarities between these. Um, and then th- when we go through each individual one, we'll also go in with what makes them particularly special in their War Gear. Yeah. So the, the key thing that this one everyone does have, and it's the Aspect Armor. And this is worn by all aspect warriors, so some aspects have thicker and more durable armor, but the creation and outcome are very similar. Yeah, it's uh, created from a psycho-sensitive material that molds to the wearer's body and reacts to its movements. It also hardens on impact. It's described as like a mesh gear and this thing that's very fluid and offers like lots of freedom of movement, but still is crazy protective. Yeah, it's kind of even like... It, it's a weird thought when they put it on it's like this baggy thing and then they might like touch a button and like yeah like, like molds in. and freezes what, into their body there's one uh marvel spider-man hero. have you seen uh, yeah spider-man yes. alita no i haven't oh Dude, have they do that too the or? face bugs me oh, it's, so it's much super weird super trippy oh, that's pretty good it's pretty good yeah i thought the it was face? i thought it was you like the face the movie or the no the face? movie the oh movie. yeah, no. oh. yeah the, the movie was the, cool the big eyes it wasn't so bad no you should watch it like i'm kind of picturing like she i don't want to like spoil stuff but well then, don't. <laughs> that was good. Well, I should. <laughs> no, yeah. It's it's, it's worth the watch. It? It's, re- it's worth the watch. But it's kind of there's a cool part in there where I'm kind of like, oh, that's kind of like Peter would probably know what I mean. Just tell me. <laughs> cool but, armor that you're talking about. <laughs> no, yeah. no, Spider Spider Man has that where yeah. it's like baggy. He touches the middle and, and it's just like yeah, and it's like, like now body tight fighting. and like perfectly like you can move every which way. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of difference in that armor. Based on your specialization. Yeah, there whether definitely is. Whether you need is. it to be thicker, which is going to slow you down a bit, or whether you're going to be moving quickly. Yeah. Although, uh, the unifying thing is big, dorky helmets. <laughs> I love Gotta it. love those uh-huh. big, dorky Eldar yeah, They all have large helmets, but not all of them have plumes. Yeah. But that's true. Cone helmets are but, a very common yeah. thing. Well, that's... 
That's to, to hold fit the their ego. cone heads. No, it's to hold their ego. Oh, right. Yeah, that their massive sense. ego. Uh, another thing that's very common among Aspect uh, War Gear are shuriken weapons. Yeah, whether these are rifles, pistols, you know, sniper rifles, it's all a very similar concept, just different scales. Yeah. And the concept is that the weapon fires um, a Monomolecular disc. disc. So yes, sir. the edge of the disc <laughs> is, is sharpened to a, a molecular point. So when it cuts, it's able to separate molecules. Like this is That's like cool. nope. one of Warhammer's like, like can't obsidian. Yeah, cuts I, on I, molecules. I swear, no. I read it can <laughs> like it, the tip of the blade can be like as sharp like in uh, Game of Thrones obsidian. Yeah, like dragon glass, dragon glass, like that kind. What kind Obviously. of Obviously. <laughs> Clearly that's... talking about Alita? <laughs> yes, Alita. That's what it was. Sorry, okay. my bad. Sorry, sorry. No, I haven't heard anything that says Obsidian does that. Okay. Because these things will, like... Fact check me, then. Please. They're, they're, yeah. There's having, like, blades where you can't, like, see where it's, like, super sharp. And then there's, like... The no, mon- don't actually yeah. fact check. Monomolecular. No. Yeah, Games Workshop loves doing that. Like, the level. monomolecular. It's just, like... Everything's monomolecular. So, like, over the top. You need to be able to cut that molecule. It can have a cutting edge many times sharper than high-quality steel surgical blades. Three nanometers thick, which is okay. way bigger than a molecule. Okay. Right. Yeah. There we go. Problem solved. Um, <laughs> so the edge of those discs are going to be down to a, a molecular point, and that's just very, very sharp. And, and just, oh, oh <laughs> it is. Is it? It is, actually. Very, very sharp? Okay. Yes. <laughs> um. One thing to picture is just literally picture shurikens, ninja stars. Like that's and they shoot those. Literally what it is. And it'll, it'll be different <laughs> no. shapes. Literally, yeah. No. Like, um, it's pretty I cool. It. Like, yeah. And then, like, Dark Elder, instead of shooting, like, shuriken stars, they shoot, uh, like, spikes. Like, Kunai. Is, yeah, if that's what they're Throwing called. Knives. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. But like, it, it's literally that. So um, an interesting thing about shuriken weapons is that th- there's no charge. So they fire silently, and the most you ever hear is like a hiss or the sound of the wind. How do they shoot them? It's a catapult. So these are not like, a, not really a catapult. They're called catapults. They, they are, are catapults. <laughs> well, they're not like catapulting like no. Think more lobbing. like crossbows. Yeah, exactly. Okay, That's a so better like because catapults are very much <laughs> lobbing shurikens. <laughs> yeah, just, hey. just a handful of shurikens. Like like yeah, it's just like Roger. picture Roger throwing it. Yeah, no, that's not how it is. <laughs> it's more like um, Chuck Norris throwing shurikens. A re- like, it's a, it's more like a repeating crossbow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so then is there. But they have like technology, right? Like they're of course they're like advanced, aren't they? Yeah. Eldar, like yeah, super? yeah, yeah. Well, isn't it better? They just love shurikens. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, filed down to a molecular. I'm picturing point. like one of those like Nerf disc shooters. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much yeah. Except picture that shoot like shreds your molecules. Capable of dealing death. Yeah. Right. Um, so file down all your Nerf discs to, to obsidian a, level a mo- blades. No molecular level. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, my bad. Mono molecular. <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty sweet though. I love the idea of it. Um, cool. I just love like the picture, like the silent, like yeah. And then like after the battlefield, there's just like thousands of shurikens in the wall, and then there's like outlines of bodies and stuff, and yeah, just. Oh, yeah. No, that's the part where it falls apart, though. Yeah. Because on the battlefield, yeah. you can't walk anywhere. There's monomolecular shurikens. <laughs> you can't see the points of these things. You step you on one. You can't pick them just... up. Who's coming along? You're collecting these egg, things. Egg, like walking on eggshells to yeah, a new, a new the level. The aftermath there. of every battlefield is just like worse than a minefield. You just cannot go there or you'll instantly get shredded. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll talk more. There, there's some very specific... Um, shuriken type weapons that like are aspect specific but that's kind of the basic concept of them do they have power weapons 
<laughs> Do they have power weapons? Leading question. Let me tell you. Oh, was that was that a setup? <laughs> I think so. Kevin. There we go. So plasma grenades. <laughs> no, let's talk Ignores about Ignores power weapons. <laughs> yeah, uh, they have power weapons, and uh, power weapons are very similar across the entire galaxies. It's a very similar concept, right. whether it's Imperial technology or Eldar, and it just creates an energy field around the weapon. It can be any shape too, but it you know it's typically swords, just, and it's going to be powered differently. But yeah. the idea is that it just disrupts matter, yeah, and it allows the weapon, which is just a regular weapon still, to bypass that matter and strike yeah. at a vital point yeah i'm just picturing a, a power shuriken <laughs> mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. next level mm-hmm. they almost do have one it's called like a tris triskelet or triskelly yeah Triske. where, yeah where it's like almost like a giant shuriken where you throw it but it's like catapult it. da- i'm assuming you, you catapult it That's right. right it's you way just more lob dangerous eh. <laughs> armor piercing too uh, yeah, yeah, it's known to be able to go through like right. super thick armor. Well, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's only like one model that we've seen use it. Okay, and that's... then it said that it's so dangerous that anyone else using it would like injure themselves <laughs> on it. That's the Janezar yeah. has that. Yeah. yeah, it's a three bladed ranged throw. It's a glaive. Weapon. Oh, it is a like he throws it. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. not shooting that. No, it's no, big. It's, it's like this. Yeah, oh, it's like a giant shuriken yeah, thing. Yeah. And what you sexist? She she. Shit. Oh, it's a girl. Yes. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, Eldar power weapons typically favor bladed weapons, very elegant weapons. Like the Imperial, like they have fucking massive thunder, thunder hammers and fists. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's way more elegant. Like right. it fits the Eldar. And uh, yeah, we'll talk more about a couple different types when that's we get cool. to the, the aspects. So plasma grenades are the next thing that kind of cross aspects. And yeah. Uh, Eric, you were particularly <laughs> interested in how plasma works. I legitimately didn't know. Like Mark's like, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, like what's what actually is plasma? He's like, Mark, it's just Mark's just like, it's superheated gas, Eric. I'm like, it's not. It couldn't <laughs> be. And then we looked. And, and it was just, the only time I was ever proven right to Eric. <laughs> and he admitted it. Whoa. What? That's Whoa, that's next level. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, it's just gas that is energized into a plasma state and then typically agitated by a magnetic accelerator to form a superheated matter. Yeah. So, they, so then that, there you go. Uh, wave serpents. That's the definition we want on the test. That you'll be taking. <laughs> yes. That's so the only make sure one. You jot that down. Yeah. So jot that down. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it's a plasma grenade. So it's, we all know what a grenade is. You know, you kick something. It's like a soccer ball. You kick it over and then it explodes. What? Because that's how you throw grenades. Yeah. By kicking them at your enemies. Soccer balls into plasma. That's what you do. No. <laughs> you drop it and you kick it. Well, that that's what the new... It's the uh, most effective way to get distance on your grenade. Yeah, that's what the new Shadow Spear model looks like he's doing. This is Shadow that, is Spear that the Space meme? Marine. Yeah. Like, oh. he looks like he's dropping it about to kick a grenade. <laughs> Lorehammer. So, Memeing hard. I know a couple. <laughs> People send me them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wave Serpents. Yes. And I'd love to see some fan art of people just sending you oh. Eldar kicking gr- plasma grenades. We'll get full credit for any of the fan art. That's uh, that there. would be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would just love to see that's that. That's this grenade. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do. Uh, but something that is to be noted is that while Imperium Plasma is very volatile and potentially dangerous to the user, Plasma is not to Eldar at all. Like they are, they're above, like their technology is better and is able to contain plasma way better than Imperium. So like their armor 
can withstand like no 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 okay. like like if what an do, imperium you... if an imperium soldier uses a plasma gun yeah. there's a chance that that thing is going to kill him oh i see what you're saying whereas gotcha. when an eldar person uses a plasma gun they are not going to kill themselves is by that just using due it. to like the thousands of years that they've been dealing they're with just it? like they just better, they just have a better technology okay. oh, that or they just have a safety function on it's like yeah <laughs> oh we it's don't a, want to redline the engine of the gun not we'll put a flood engines, chamber inside it, that yeah and, perfect yeah probably have like oh there's some pseudoscience words out there for sure well it's all science fiction water uh, cooling guns <laughs> exactly yeah it's not it's water. It's just that their it's stuff plasma. is cleaner. It's just <laughs> not, clean, clean so plasma. grimy. Right. It's not like raw Green sewage everywhere. Yeah. And, their, uh, their like bolts aren't like, you don't have to like scrape through blood. <laughs> right. To, yeah. like, to right. do the action That's on the only right. difference. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And so then uh, wave serpents. Wave serpents. It's uh, a troop transport and it's an anti-grav floating tank with some offensive capabilities yeah. it's a main transport it can and, hold like 10 guys in it and not every aspect will take these but a good but pretty portion. much everybody yeah yeah all the, the big ones are gonna use them yeah like shining spears they ride jet bikes they are they not gonna use that well they, you never know no i know i'm they pretty l- confident they, in my ability they latch on to the sides <laughs> of the and it pulls them um even though it's slower yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty cool wave serpents. Um, we were gonna go into more detail, but obviously, there's the quote. You know, we'll do it in another episode, a vehicle episode, because there's a lot to what. No, I had so much care prepared. About troop transports. People really? care. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, like even if I crazy is the, the yeah. technical <laughs> specs so that yeah, are available. Yeah, even if you go really? on Let's Cam, they have the technical specs. Like, like how like, much does it weigh? Yeah. How fast does it actually go versus combat speeds? Yeah. Like it. People care. It's pretty cool. It's a That's wild amazing. hobby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing Grant. Being like, oh yeah, this is. This oh, this one I could, I could get into. <laughs> I just want to see the download numbers on your like vehicle transport episode. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want to know why is it the highest download? Yeah, they're just like, man, Who gives a rip. Everybody loves that episode. The mechanics of Warhammer. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the final piece. Uh, it's not really war gear, but it is kind of war gear. We should have talked about this when we were talking about their armor. That's okay. But we'll talk about it now. Because this is without a doubt one of the coolest pieces of war gear that uh, the Aspect Warriors use. And that is the war mask. So we definitely talked in our last episode about how damaging it is to an, an Eldar to commit violence and to kill. And one of the ways they avoid that is uh, they actually view the battle through a haze. Um, sometimes they don't even remember what happened in the battle of all. And that is thanks to the war mask. Um, why would they not want to be able to remember? Because they can't handle the amount of pain that they've inflicted mm. on other things. They're gentle souls. They, they really yeah. no, because they're capable of great things of violence. And some of them like don't like. I don't think a phoenix lord has a war mask. Yeah, sure. Like I don't. I don't think exarchs have a war mask. War mask is gonna be for like your basic. Yeah, it's for your guy that's on the path, but then he wants the ability to leave it still. Yeah. And so when he leaves, he doesn't need he doesn't want to remember anything that he's done on the path. Yeah, he so only took up the, this path path because the craft world was under attack. You know, oh, okay. Or he so had like he was mask. struggling with some violent tendencies, but now he's mastered them, so yeah. now he's leaving. Yeah. But he needs the war mask, or else he'll and he doesn't want his PTSD up. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's pretty cool. The war mask starts. Uh, we talked about how in the shrine there's a couple rituals uh, called the rites of war, rites of battles. Yeah. And the war mask is like donned and like put on when these rites start. So we said that they uh, mark aspect warriors with runes of blood. 
and uh, in the work path, in the work, in the work, in the work, in the work, <laughs> in the book, the path of the warrior. Um, they said that every single um, aspect warrior like cuts themselves and then puts a little blood in this bowl as like what's the, a ritual with a little uh, blood well of, of course naturally yeah. um as like the exarch is going by and they're all like saying these liturgies and these like chants and catech catechens catechens nope i don't know catacombs is it catech- catacombs has to be catacombs. that's right. it's got to be a catacomb that's right they're saying catacombs <laughs> that's catechism? the one is that where catechism okay that's the one yeah thanks peter that's why you use simple words and then you don't and then you don't look to, like a fool on yeah. your own podcast <laughs> All that you around don't like me, me are familiar. <laughs> Anyways, so as they're saying these things, he's collecting this blood, and then he goes to every aspect and he draws the symbol of their aspect on them. And it's said that it like sears into their flesh, and so it's not just like a. Is um, the exarch doing this? Yes, right. It's not just like it, it's not just like a war paint, but it's like psychically something way more. And as that rune starts to like burn into them like their vision like starts to fade under this like red mask where everything just becomes focused and sharp and clear um to the but to the point of where when they eventually leave they won't remember this at all and as they're um getting these blood runes then they're singing like they start to like get connected with the other members of their aspect they're as they're putting on their armor like they're, as soon as like their song is done, their like their helmet goes on, which is like their last thing. And as soon as like your helmet is on, the war mask is fully there. And yeah, you're, and co- you're a different person because the war mask isn't actually something physical. No, yeah. it's a psychic. Oh. It is a psychic thing that yeah. is fogging Can your you, mind. So then, if you take it off, like you could, you the last thing you get, want is that thing to come off in the middle of a battle, right? Because then you're just you're assaulted you're with everything what you've done. Yes, right. Yeah, what you need is you need to have you be in the war mask, you go to the battle, you come back, you ritually take off your armor and you exit the war the war mask because the war mask it's also said to be a direct link to Cain. So when it's like, like a state of being yes. as opposed to like a uh, like a physical yeah. mask you're wearing. Sorry, yeah, it is not a physical mask at all. Right. right. Exactly. Okay, that's Sorry. what I thought. Yeah. I thought I it was just like this mask like thing. No, it's like a yeah. Okay, but it, I get it's that. it's also when you're in the war mask, it's Cain. A little portion of him is actually touching you, and you're being like a, you're being taken over with his feelings, and he's a war god. It's okay, just kill all these people. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but the war mask is one of the coolest things about Aspect Warriors, yeah. and like, yes, they're cool on tabletop. They look really cool. They have cool differences between them, but to Great me, models. like the war mask is what makes like an aspect warrior really unique yeah yeah do you do does it ever say if like eldar guardians have war masks i 100 percent they do yeah Yeah. well because yeah they're just standard civilians yeah so they're they're on the path of the dreamer called up to like kill no way yeah like i would imagine they would have the war mask but it just seems like this ritual is very like in the shrines um You'd have to have enough time, yeah. You would have to, yeah. To make sure that those guardians are getting there (laughs) as you're putting your armor on. It's like, all right, it's okay. I'm going to go kill some people. (laughs) No big deal. I'm not an artist anymore. I'm a warrior now. But that mask, I think, can be a way heavier touch on them because the training and the fighting and the the camaraderie with your uh, other aspect warriors, you still need that to be there. Yeah. With Kane, whereas Kane could literally just block everything that the Guardian does yeah. and say like, 
you just need to stand there and shoot. Yeah. You're a body at this point. Oh, whereas the aspect warriors need to function beyond that. Yeah. Very so. cool. Yeah. No, the war mask is awesome. Oh, I just, I, ah. get, I get so, <laughs> you know, aroused. What is that? <laughs> Stop. I can only get so erect. <laughs> Let's Peter's, talk about Peter's eyebrows just <laughs> oh no I, so. I'm just convinced that Eric wants a war mask where it's now okay for him to feel all these things <laughs> just want to murder people and it was, it was the officer I swear it was the war mask <laughs> it was the war mask that was not me <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I that. felt really bad when <laughs> I found out really what it really that. yeah that'd be great <laughs> I just love the idea that it kills them to know what they've done like they're so like, how could I have done this? How could how could I have been capable of such violence? Is there violence? like stories of like masks slipping off in combat, yes. and they just like are just yeah. like they I, run from battle? I think that ends one or two one of two ways. One, you accept what you've done wholeheartedly, in which case you're lost on the path, and cool. you are going to become you're an exarch. Cool. Or two, like you're shattered, and like it takes a long time for you to come back from that. Which then you you know some other path will tend to you until they've mended your soul back together. Cause it, it'll destroy your soul to find out what you've done. Cause like you commit atrocities, you murder children, you commit genocide, right? You tear people apart to get what you want. You torture and everything. Yeah. And, but the and, Eldar who are so attuned to the universe and the galaxy. Like, and even when you're just saying this, it's a, it's a very, one of those interesting things where, Typically, when people talk about the elder, they talk about like the elder superiority and how they look down on every race. And like, it's true, but like, they still feel bad if they kill like a human. Like, otherwise, they wouldn't need that. Death is death and final. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, they still absolutely call, think humans are monkeys and stuff, but like, they still feel it. So Mm. it's kind of, kind of wild. It's not a good time. Okay. So let's talk about the past of the actual aspect warriors. We don't want to keep talking about, uh, War mask? I'm afraid of what it might do to your body. <laughs> I heard you say you can only get so erect in my parents' house. <laughs> so I'm moving past. Don't it. tell them. <laughs> um, so there, there's, I didn't count how many, but there's probably 15 different, uh, different aspects. That and, we know about. Yeah, and there can be more. Um, new ones can even start up. Very rarely, but they can happen. Of course, yeah. That's they all works. had to start yep. sometime, and they didn't all start at the same time. Yep, exactly. But it just, well, the thing is, you would have to represent a new aspect of Kane, yeah. and that's the big thing. It's like, if it hasn't already been re- represented by now, yeah. you've got to find something really new. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's dive into the very first one, which is the Dire Avenger aspect. Yes. So the Dire Avengers represent Kane's noble and merciless warrior aspect. Uh, they represent the war god's unending thirst for vengeance. So these are also described as being the defenders of the Eldar people and also embody an unstinting devotion to them. So they're like, they care about the Eldar people. This is like Kane's desire to protect the Eldar people as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Which just manifests itself by being these merciless warriors. Like, no, you will not harm you know, my people. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, so they, uh, they're actually the first aspect that was created and they were created by, uh, a the first Phoenix Lord, the first. So we'll, we'll talk about a later. Yeah. Eventually. At some point we are going to do a Phoenix Lord. The, the way he created it plays into 
what Dark Eldos are and or Dire Avengers are and stuff. But yeah, we're gonna go into the the whole Phoenix Lord story. But right now we're just and gonna, it's so cool. Yeah. It, it's there's very so cool. much cool well, like, stuff. With you, we couldn't of, afford like, tons of different Phoenix Lords. Yeah, one like for every aspect. Of yeah. them being created and there's betrayals yeah. and there's all this all mythology the and yeah pieces of who the Phoenix Lords love are. battle betrayal <laughs> forgiveness <laughs> the end <laughs> uh yeah so cool. the role of the dire avengers is um okay so they are the most numerous of all the shrines so out of all the aspects in the entire galaxy there's more dire avengers than anything else yeah yeah and it's just because like when the elders go to or are being threatened people feel the draw of the path of the warrior and this is what they go and that yeah. well this is the noble Right and yeah, the elder exactly. are you're doing noble... this as like defending your, yeah, you're, your you're people. A, this is a sacrifice. Yeah, right. So yeah, and you're not taken to other things of like violence. These are all within like... the path of the warrior, right? Yes. yes. So yeah. there's the path of the warrior. Then there's different trails. We'll call them, right. which are which aspects. aspects. Yes, okay, right. That right, you can right. trail down. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are the most tactically flexible of all the aspect warriors, uh, but are focused on mid to short range firefights, and, and they, they still don't want to get in combat. No. Um, Do they play like that on tabletop? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're like a shooter army. It's a good representative. Yeah, like they it's have a like a range unit. of Oh, it's a shooter unit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is just a unit. Right, 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 right. Uh yeah, they have like a range of eighteen inches. So okay. kind of so mid range. Right. Um yeah, and they're they're very much like defenders as opposed to like they're not storming uh storming the gates. Yeah, they're and, not you know, claiming like this backfield thing. Yeah, they're, they're just kinda they're holding protecting. the line, keeping things safe. And there's a bunch of stories of them where like they're more likely to give up their life in like sacrifice like if there has to be a final last stand these are the ones that will stay behind and let others retreat oh, wow. they give up that noble sacrifice they, they're the noble warrior the protectors of the elder yeah cool so they sounds like a good friend <laughs> besides for being a murdering psychopath right yeah right. but of all the murdering psychopaths Out of the kindest of them they are all. the most honorable <laughs> yet merciless <laughs> yeah um, and we were talking like, why would they include like merciless? Like how do you, like wouldn't every warrior kind of be merciless? And it's like, these guys, they're gunned down everybody. Like if the enemies were treating, they're gun them down where like other no ones, prisoners, mu- no, exactly. Like right. th- they're, they're to the point they're doing what they have to do um, because where, everything that they do has to do with the protection the of the people. Yeah. Where other ones might just be like, Oh, there's uh We've you claimed know, the objective, so exactly. you we don't can need clean to kill up anymore. and we'll... Yeah, right. they, if they incapacitate a person, like they shoot one in the enemy's, uh, an enemy's wounded on the ground, the Dire Avengers are going to kill them. They're going to kill them, end it, make sure the battle is won. Where other ones, like they might just ignore like wounded and incapacitated soldiers. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's part of the vengeance aspect of Cain that they represent. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like all enemies of Cain deserve You brought to be this destroyed. upon yourself, yeah. Now, now here's your fate. So their war gear, they use the standard aspect armor, and it is predominantly colored blue. Yeah, they on their helmet, their cone helmet, they have a very high crest and a plume on it, and the plume is dyed to match the color of the craft world that their shrine is on. Um, another thing that represents kind of where they come from is that they can wear a tabard. They don't have to, but if they do wear the tabard, it represents the shrine that they come from and then it has the craft world colors as well yeah and every now and again you'll even see these guys like their exarchs with uh like backpack banners which will also carry like their shrine and craft world and craft world on it 
Um, they are equipped with a targeter on their shoulder that feeds some data. Uh, and like this uh, ties directly then into their Avenger Shuriken catapult. Yes, love it. Mm. But yeah, like uh, like this targeter, it's described to like uh, pick out friend and foe, and like oh, this one's like hostile. A cannon, exactly. Kind of like but it doesn't shoot; it just tar- Does the predicate cannon shoot? I'm pretty sure it's a gun, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Well, this just targets stuff. Oh, it's it and does, then they it, don't. There's oh, another okay, aspect okay. that has uh, something like that. Yeah. Well, this one like just tar- takes like all the information. Like it'll even take into like account like oh, there's a cover over there that's gonna be able to withstand the enemy's shooting power. You that's know? Pretty cool. Yeah. So it just scans everything and then links it in towards the gun and the helmet and yeah helps it be but an, a cool thing about this gun specifically the is avenger that shuriken catapult yes the avenger one is that so it has a longer barrel than guardian shuriken catapults sure whatever but a fully automatic avenger shuriken catapult can fire 1500 discs a minute which is fun, which is good time That's a lot of bullets <laughs> yeah although its ammo would be depleted within four seconds because it only has a hundred discs in its magazine. <laughs> only a hundred. <laughs> Four seconds into the battle. I'm, I'm out, guys. <laughs> that, that one guy always does this every yeah. it's like playing paintball with the guy who shoots all his balls <laughs> yeah. within the first five minutes. And then and he it. goes and sits by the fire for the rest because yeah. he's, he's out. <laughs> but yeah, no, it shoots tw- it can shoot twenty-five shots or discs a second. Twenty-five? Yeah. Oh a yeah, second hundred, yeah, sure. This is where I come around. To what you were saying earlier, Mark, that catapult is a lame word for this. Thing. No, it just lobs just uh, 25 <laughs> every second. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ven- uh, Dire Avengers are so taken with the art of the shuriken. Capitalized. The art of the shuriken. Mm-hmm. The way of the sword. The art of the shuriken. Uh, they are even, even when they're not in battle, they wear robes lined with them. That is a terrible idea. Right? <laughs> now, is this- Mono-molecular. <laughs> this is not just like stitched on like, hey, I just want some embroidery on my robe. This is, they've lined their robes with shuriken. M- mono-molecular just, shuriken. I mean, just think about a robe. <laughs> You, you, typically, I'm not wearing anything under a robe if I'm wearing a robe. Oh, yeah, and there's always that and, one goofball. Yeah, and I'm just, you know, <laughs> you just let yourself, oh, like, no, I need to hang out a little bit and, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> just uncross your legs and, whoa! <laughs> yeah, but it's important that they wear this. They love the, it. <laughs> the reason they do that is... Uh, because they're the defenders. They never want to be caught off guard. Like, if they're wandering around the craft world, they always want to be ready and uh, able to kill somebody by throwing With their a Yeah, they throw them. like <laughs> A swift chopping motion. A uh, swift chopping, yes. Um, yeah, pretty cool. They also use plasma grenades and wave serpents. Yes. Perfect. Uh, let's talk about the Exarch of the Dire Avenger. Uh, so the armor of a Dire Avenger Exarch and the Souls Within have potentially given the Exarch an uncanny ability to avoid enemy attacks. So we kind of came up with two potential reasons why this would happen. One is that he's just a better Dire Avenger than everyone else. Yeah, he's so, already like an Exarch. Like he's already been in the path for 400 years. You know, he's got yeah. that experience. Yeah, but and then the other reason could just be that there's so much knowledge within the armor that it's just adding to his own and yeah. then it gives him kind of like a a precog ability in battle yeah yeah so, take I, your pick really yeah um their war gear uh usually aspects always carry the the exact same war gear except for the exarch he'll take a more specialized version sacred weapons yeah so in this case 
dual Avenger Shuriken catapults. <laughs> One in each hand. Whoa. <laughs> and then he has two targeters as well, so he can actually, like, because... He can actually dual, dual wield. wield with accuracy. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, uh, who's the Iron Man war machine, where his, like, yes. guns are just shooting right. things behind him? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Except he's holding them. Yes. How do the guns... Don't worry about it. Hmm. <laughs> Are the guns moving his arm? That's right. Yes. It's the armor. Remember? It's controlling him. Uh, uh, the next thing that they can use are yes. dire swords. Yeah. This, uh, it's, so it is just a power weapon, but it actually houses a spirit stone within it of a different spirit. And during an, t- an attack, the soul inside uh, the weapon will attempt to destroy the enemy's mind, killing them instantly. Ah, that's where you put the crazy ones. <laughs> In the sword. Yeah. Blood, 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 blood. Death, well, I'm death. Just, you know what? I'm just gonna put you inside this sword. <laughs> yeah. You the, can just kill as like much as you a want. A seer like goes into the infinity sword. He's like, hey, Gary. Uh, <laughs> we've been getting a couple complaints from the other souls. I was wondering how we were gonna tie Gary back In into the circuit. These. And uh, if you could just come with us we got this nice crystal for you <laughs> you know that guy from futurama what is this like the robot with the choppings clamps clamps yeah that's what i'm looking at they just throw or clamps Roberto, in a sword the, you want to get stabbed <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh yeah so that's that's pretty cool uh, the next thing they use are shimmer shields. Quick question, though, about the dire sword. Is yep. it not enough to just simply kill? No. no. Clearly not. No, yeah. You have to destroy their soul. Their mind. That's the vengeance their mind. component. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so cool. Like, we were talking about this. We're like, dire sword. Mark's like, it's just a power sword. And I was like, okay. So I wrote it, and I was like, I wonder if there's information. And then we saw there, this. There always is information. So we'll attempt known. to destroy the enemy's mind. It's so cool. <laughs> But uh, what if it like fails? Is he then he just keeps attacking until the yeah, until, so now, he, now he's just dead physically or yeah. solely. Yeah. The way uh, the solely. way forty k works is like you either got two th- two types of information. You click on a link and it'll be like a, a dire sword is a dire sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you click on an it, Eldar like, weapon. Yeah, an Eldar weapon power sword. Or you click on it, be like, oh my god, like four <laughs> pages on like <laughs> why on a on a wave serpent. Yeah, yeah. And it's like uh, okay, it's either it's so weight, mu- it's specifications. Yeah, it's-, it's either so much information or nothing. <laughs> so let's talk about the shimmer shield, and this is an advanced wrist mounted force field uh, that generates a shield around him and his squad. And, uh, Pretty cool, yeah. It just yeah, offers like a a little bubble defendery. of involved. Yeah, and like I can just see like uh, like Dire Avengers like escorting uh, or protecting civilians, and like they're using this, totally. and, like, you know, keeping yeah. everyone around them safe. And yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. They'll also they can also uh, Exarchs can also just take a variety of power weapons or yeah. shuriken pistols, swords, so. spears, yeah. shuriken pistols. But that's uh, a Star Avengers. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, so a couple other things I saw about Dire Avengers, and I, I don't know, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, <laughs> okay. But I, I saw that no, I was uh, giving him the eyebrows. Farseers uh, are somehow connected to the Dire Avengers, or prefer the Dire Avengers. Will give them the most important missions, or if they need honor guards for the Farseers, then it'll be from the Dire Avengers. Hmm. Uh, Why like, do you think that is? Because I have my own reason. Because they're the most honorable. Yeah. And the, and the defenders. And the they're noble. the most right. tactically flexible. Yeah, too, exactly. Like. They have solid offense and defense. Yeah. And, That's right. And there's the That's most right. of them. And they're, they're the original one. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Okay. Did you have any other points that we didn't Or was that it? Uh, 
Are we going to talk about specific shrines? Yeah, if you got a, if you have shrine, them, I've sure. got them. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you really came prepared. That's right. So outclassed. He's done this before. Studying. Clear. So have I. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> you did an orc episode. It's like you can't. You throw really it together to like the orc. Half the episode. Yeah. Look, I heard that they were walk. inviting another guest. <laughs> I wasn't sure who it was. I needed to maintain my. Oh title God! What if it's Colin? He as, yeah, <laughs> as the Eldar expert. Uh, so here's some different names of shrines. You got the Argent Crest Shrine, the Dire Avengers. You got the Falling Moon Shrine. Perfect. You got the Knights Azure. Uh, and so they Azure? are the Knights of Blue, yeah. Azure, Azure, A, A- Z U R E, Azure, huh. Azure. I never heard Azure. Said Azure, Azure, Azure. Azure, yeah. Eric's furiously typing, trying it. to fact, <laughs> fact check it. No, no, it's fine. Pronunciations uh, for Warhammer. But, well, it, <laughs> words. But they're That's uh, a real word, Frank. Yeah, I know. It's in it's in Skyrim. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, it's real. <laughs> okay, but they're cool because they are always pursuing sightings of a sewerman who is their Phoenix Lord. Okay. And so yeah. again, we talked about like Phoenix Lords could disappear. And I mean, he's like a, the original guy yeah. who started this whole thing. Uh, and so like, if there's word of him, like that shrine is taken off. They're going to find out trying to, where is he? Where, where could he be? We're going in that direction. Hmm. So they're pretty cool. Uh, then you've got, uh, the sable helm shrine. Ooh. Uh, they're, they're known for having black helmets and oh, that's cool. Then you've got, uh, the silver. That's, that's, that's yeah, what they're that's known all. for. No, that's it. That's it. <laughs> is that one of those links where there's not that. a lot on, uh, these <laughs> shrines specifically. Yeah, I, and this is the most shrines that I saw of any of the ones that I was looking through. Cause Dire Adventures has the most. And, Makes sense. Uh, so you got the silvered blade shrine, which is, uh, their colors are black and yellow. Don't know how that really black works yellow, with yeah, silvered blade. And then you've got uh-huh. the sun blade shrine. So, those are the different shrines that yeah. they have. It, it's kind of cool. Like you could come up with like a whole personality, a whole shrine. Like if you're writing like a listener lore, and then giving me money to promote yeah, your to listener pay. lore. Oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a good um, idea. No, like it's cool. Like you could really come up with like a very unique purpose for your shrine, and like a very yeah yeah to like create you, to create like a, an aspect seems a little far a little to far me. fetched. But to but create shrine? individual shrines, yeah. that seems way cooler. Oh, exactly, yeah. because and an aspect. I mean, that's like you're saying like. 10,000 however however long that's like history yeah going back because Zerman himself is like yeah pick somebody to start a new aspect and it's just right one of his disciples I mean like when you get into all the phoenix lords and all that yeah there's a lot there Uh, one of the things though I I think we kind of already mentioned it but I just want to go back to is because you've got the different craft worlds so each of the craft (laughs) worlds will have like shrines from some of the aspects, like Dire Avengers has probably got to be everywhere. Like yeah. you got a craft world, you got a Dire most Avengers likely. shrine, yeah. because they're the most numerous, common, and you need honorable warriors everywhere. Like yeah. right, uh, but some of these other aspects, you're not going to necessarily see them on every craft world, but they'll have like some. Some are more popular than others, and then yeah. some are very rare, yeah. just to specific craft worlds. So an interesting thought is that like. If the Eldar craft world determined that it like no longer needed these shrines, like maybe no one would find them anymore. And then like at some point you could be like, man, there's a battle coming because, you know, the um, seers are always looking into the future, trying to find it. And like there's uh, we know that it's going to be against like these aerial combat people. But mm. like 
we don't have ego pilots. And so there are instances of like the craft world, like nudging people in like certain yeah. directions for paths. And it, it would be cool, like a story of like a shrine that is resurrected yeah. through like the need of the craft world, like pushing these Eldar to like kind of flooding their memories in their mind with like this need to join the shrine. Yeah. So. Well, even if like a, a Phoenix Lord who's disappeared for a couple hundred years shows up all of a sudden and suddenly you got to train up some warriors, going. get this yeah. shrine, you know, yeah. pull the dust covers off and open yeah. up the windows. Yeah. And uh, if there are windows, right. <laughs> but it was um, just, it's cool to me to think that like, since a craft world is so large and, and a craft world's also living, Yes, right. and and it can change itself. Yeah, the craft right? world actually might block off this shrine and yeah. like make it actually in times of battle. The craft world actually fights against the people, blocking certain things or yeah. like literally collapsing its own hallways, so the enemy is like funneled into certain areas. So yeah, we know it has a certain type of primal sentience at the very least, but it it's definitely attuned to uh, like what the seers and the otarks are doing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, pretty wild. There's, no, like, there's no like names for the craft world, like spirits or any of that. Um, like, so because like, like, you said like it's like alive, circuit, right? Yeah. You said it's but like, it's yeah. it's made of like the combination of all the Eldar who have lived on there and died, and That's they cool. join the Infinity Circuit. And if you oh, okay. want to find out more about that, go episode back and 35. listen to episode. not even earlier than that. <laughs> Dang uh, it! To our other Eldar. <laughs> Why to make me look worse, Peter? Uh, because <laughs> trying we, to plug no, episode we, thirty-five. We about those. <laughs> no, then uh, go back and listen to that episode. You'll get to hear my great pr- plan for the Eldar and how <laughs> to, to make the Eldar great again. Beautiful. It's yeah. mega. Yeah. Make the Eldar great again. I love that. <laughs> now you just upset a bunch of people saying that. Why? Yeah, this, We're this podcast is going to get Speech flagged. is violence. We're just I've making Eldar great again, guys. <laughs> oh. In the 40, 41st, 41st millennium. millennium. <laughs> cool. All right. Anything else we want to talk about Dire Avengers? Shrines are cool. Okay. Peter, any other shrines you had you want to share? No, no. I'm, I'm ready to go on to the Howling right. Banshees. They're, they howling, are also really cool. Howling Banshees. Yes. Uh, I'm going to share this because I really like it. Sorry, Mark. And you don't trust me in what I'm going to say. It's not that I don't trust you. I don't <laughs> trust you. You're robbing from your Phoenix Lords episode by going into the history of this. No, this is so basic. This is, okay. So the Howling Banshees. And interestingly enough, this aspect does not come from Cain at all. It was never a part. What? It was never a part of Cain. So tell me more. This aspect is gifted to Cain by the crone goddess Morai Heg after she convinced him to cut off her hand so she could drink her own blood. So only he could actually harm an Eldar god. So she had to convince him. She wanted to drink her own blood so she could gain wisdom. Naturally. Yeah, naturally. Um, so she's like, only he can do it. So I need to get him to do it. How am I going to do it? She does this by sending her daughter Banshees to haunt Cain uh, and like constantly screaming and yelling at him, sending him spiraling into madness. <laughs> so she promises him that if he cuts off her hand, she'd call the Banshees off and his sanity would be restored. Wow. Oh, come on. That's a foul right there. I can't I believe swear, this. I, swear, wow. I, I swear it was on, on vibrate. I swear. Frank, it's been so great having you here. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's so ready to throw on But that this is, is this idiot they invited on this podcast. <laughs> sounds like an orc. That is without a doubt one of oh. my favorite stories. And isn't it like that? So he does cut off her hand yeah. so that she can drink her blood. She drinks her own blood and she gains from, wisdom. Right. So her hand is cut off, and then she's just like, let me just drink this blood. 
Yeah, she does it. Now, and so in, she clearly gift, needed the wisdom. Oh, <laughs> if that was her plan, this is gonna kill me on Mars. Those banshees. Himself? Those banshees are like. Cain, like Cain is their father. Yes, it's their father. So, so Morai Hag and Cain made some el- some made some banshees. God as babies, they do, yeah, and yeah. they were banshees. And then screaming they just children, so screaming children, <laughs> that just annoy their father. <laughs> but yeah, like it, speaking this, as a father, that will work. <laughs> but then, do you go if and they just, cut off your wife's hand it, after the children? If she told you. him that's the only way, <laughs> they just do that enough. They annoy you enough. It's gonna happen. Um, don't think I didn't see that, Peter. I hit the wrong button. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so at because of this, uh, Moraiheg gifted Kane with the aspect of the Howling Banshee. Yeah. So it was never. It was like a trade almost, right? Yeah, but I think, like, hey, cut off my hand, and or it's. This was oh, more he was annoyed like a, to the point where she, he finally gave yes. in. And then this was like a, hey, sorry, as a gift, my I'll, I'll show <laughs> you how my, my Banshees can actually fight. And you can actually use that tactic in war. Yeah. So, really cool. Okay. But let's go into how they matches themselves. So, they are predominantly female, um, as they seem to see themselves as the daughters of Morai Hag. So, this kind of follows the mythology that the original Banshees were daughters of Morai Hag and Cain. So, warriors within their own right. Yeah. Um, so, they follow in the footsteps of Morai Hag's daughters, and they use terror as their weapon so since the shrine is mostly mostly female uh what they lack in brute strength they make up for with precision and efficiency what are you saying about this are you saying saying that that, i'm saying verbatim from the codex uh what they lack in brute strength are you saying that men and women are different so they created a, a a female predominantly female army and their like great gifts are their piercing voices yeah the sh- <laughs> someone say shrill yes <laughs> that's uh-huh. wow this might okay. be a relic from 1980 yeah i don't know about that i like it, <laughs> I think it kind it's, of- no it's really cool and you can obviously be a male and join the shrine no one's saying you have to be female <laughs> but if you are a female and you're on the path of the warrior like chances are good you go to the howling banshees but that doesn't stop you from going anywhere else yeah um so yep. they announce themselves on the battlefield with the screams of the Banshee. And these screams are signals of death and woe to their enemies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very yeah, that, it's really cool. Women. <laughs> when the wife comes home. Yeah. Terror. They, she announces herself with screaming. Yeah, the aspect of, of like terror and fear and precision and they're they're so efficient so they don't even have to waste a bullet they scream it freezes you in your tracks they'll walk by and slice your head off done like how do you how much more, how efficient? Much more efficient can you get than that yeah so these uh and the howling banshees they're founded by jane czar who was the first student of the phoenix lord Asterman. And this actually, this teaching even started before there were even any shrines that existed, before there was even a path of the warrior. So she was there right in the beginning. And conceivably, I would say that this is the second aspect to even be created. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, I think that she was the first exarch ever. Because Because she would have been under... She was the first student, Yeah. Hmm. so then the first exarch, and then... I would yeah, because Asturman was never an exarch. Hmm. Right. Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about their role. 
The Howling Banshees are used as uh, close combat terror troops. Like uh, Reavers. <laughs> yeah, just more efficient and better and useful. And way better. And, and actually better things. And actually do things. And, yeah, you know, agreed. More terrifying than just wearing a mask That's of right. a skull. And thinner, slimmer armor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Glad we got that there. out of the way. <laughs> For once, I didn't bring up a primary strand. <laughs> That's right. I good, good. <laughs> uh, they're able to close vast dins- distances on foot, uh, being the quickest of all the aspects. Um, yeah. Yeah. So even they're, like... They're very nimble. Um, if... If you got time, go watch like a Dawn of War video, Dawn of War Two trailer. It just shows like a bunch of Howling Banshees fighting, yeah, fighting Space Marines. It's like this very like nimble jumping off rocks, and it's a very cool video. And then they also have another cool video, the Dawn of War Three trailer has some in there, and like yeah, they just look awesome. Do they scream the whole time they fight, or like before they start fighting? Always, just the whole time. The just... whole time. No, they, why they... not? I would love to do sure a they banshee. Could. Sure. Eric, can yeah. you show me what a banshee howl might sound like? No, I could show you a manshee. <laughs> a manshee. <laughs> uh, no, there's nothing saying that Don't they aren't screaming. But the interesting thing is they might not always be activating their oh, banshee oh. scream as they're yelling their yeah. Because this is like a specific attack yeah. that they can. And we're gonna oh, okay. we're gonna get into yeah. how that yeah. works. Um, so let's talk about how their war gear lends themselves to being these proficient, these efficient, these really quick close combat warriors. Yeah. So they wear the standard aspect armor, just like the Dire Avengers, uh, and normally it appears bone colored. Yeah. So uh, just like the Dire Avengers, though, they can wear tabards that uh, will identify their craft world through their color, and it could have their... Uh, shrine on it their shrine yeah. symbol as well um but instead of a plume on their helmet it's just a big shock of flame colored hair mm-hmm. think like a like a ponytail like a single exit point from the helmet and then just this massive bush of hair behind them it's pretty cool it's one of my favorite models yeah it's so it, good maybe if they just gave us new ones nah even the old ones man if no they they really are they're, they're really they're, wait you actually like them i can't tell no i do they're oh, honestly okay, cool. one of my favorite models oh like, that's cool i have some eldar and like these are the first ones i painted and then i painted another one i'm like fuck this <laughs> I'm, <laughs> like, I'm done with white yeah i'm back to being a towel guy yeah <laughs> you know, painting like, more white <laughs> <laughs> no they, they're sweet they look awesome cool uh so one of the things that kind of sets them apart is their banshee mask and so this helmet contains a psychosonic amplifier that magnifies the Banshee's battle screams into a mind-destroying sock, sh- sock wave. Sock, well, the sock, sock wave. wave. Yeah, it just it knocks your socks off. Uh, no, it's a shock just wave. a battlefield riddled with socks after the Banshee's and, and going. Shurikens. Yeah, and shurikens. Yeah, shurikens and Everywhere. socks. Just, you definitely cannot walk through that battlefield no. now. Uh, yeah, so it's a mind-destroying shock wave, and Mark and I kind of had some two thoughts on how this happens. Uh, my thought was that it's actually a psychic attack that causes your soul to freeze in terror as uh, it's an imminent at, at its imminent destruction. Because like every Eldar is actually a psyker, so they like literally use their psychic power, amplify it through the helmet, and like they just wreak havoc on your senses like through psychic means, magic, through dark magic. Yes, yeah, sir. like they're they're yeah. The scream is like resonating with your soul. Yeah, exactly. And forcing like causing your soul to like. Grumble, yeah. yeah. Which the uh, the other way it's it's described is 
that the scream attacks the central nervous system of the victim and it induces mind-numbing fear and a ter- temporary paralysis. Yeah. So, so yours so is not physical. physical yeah. It's a physical yeah. thing, whereas yours is a spiritual yeah. psychic attack. Um, one, one reason why I like to think that it's more of a, a psychic attack is the Banshees are known to be the most feared out of all the aspects, even amongst their own... Um, path. Like, e- e- yeah, even amongst the, the Elder. The warrior. And like... Yeah. There are more violent aspects. There are more deadly aspects. Like hmm. there's one that's that that will threaten you more. But like that threat upon your soul, like that you, you feel it in that's your a terror. Exactly, yeah, totally. that's terrifying to an elder because their whole existence is about walking a path, trying to avoid getting eaten by slanish, being very controlled, and then the, to feel like this soul wrenching like something. It's like slanish devouring your soul almost. Yeah, it's. Do you guys do you guys vary on your opinions of which one it is? Like, do yeah, you, I think it's the you physical think it's the one. physical one, and you think it's like the psychic attack. Yeah, okay. but, but it I, could very well be both. Yeah, yeah right. I think or it was a, a blending of yeah. the two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, and it could, yeah, and it could even be both simultaneously. Not like you choose which one, because like, so yeah, you could literally get a, a sound so loud that it bursts your eardrums. Yeah, and like causes like your bones to shake and shatter even inside of you like that there's vibrations that can do that now and and honestly it probably would have to be both because like if dire avengers are fighting something fearless like you know necron you know yeah what's what's the soul yeah where they don't have a soul like then it would be like they're 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 screams so loud it's It's shaking loose their circuitry yeah it's actually messing with their perception where something else like a human or an eldar you know yeah, if like, you want to attack one of them, you yeah. just crush their soul. Yeah, so, so. yeah, it, it could be very well both at the same time, but it's probably the physical one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry, Mark. Okay, there, Eric. Mark. Okay, bud. Okay, uh, bud. <laughs> um, so they also use power swords, shuriken pistols, and they can use wave serpents. Yeah, but yeah, they just it's funny. They're, they're the quickest aspect, and they could they run and have aerial feats getting to their enemies but also they use wave serpents well they're not quicker than a fucking hover tank says you <laughs> says everybody i know show me the technical specs of that wave <laughs> serpent, and then the technical spec of a howling pan uh-huh. uh yeah they're, they're pretty cool they're they're one of my favorite aspects if i had to choose um they're awesome mm-hmm uh, a little information about the Exarch of the Howling Banshees. So an Exarch's scream uh, has been known to rest with the victim for many days after hearing it, after hearing it, uh, slowing them down long after the initial paralysis wears off. So you're just getting like echoes of that scream inside your brain, just making you look over your shoulder in fear and terror and being yeah. a little bitch, you know? <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be in battle. I'm just thinking like, so... The scream, if it was just, like, auditory and, like, actually, like, wouldn't other, like, Eldar hear it? And then they, like, all shook, like, other Eldar beside them fighting along Dire Avengers? I'm just trying to beat you. I'm just trying to... I think it's targeted. Okay, sure. Yeah. Like, okay. their, their amplifiers aren't amplifying at 360 degrees around them, right? It's specifically pointed. Mm. And then they set them. a range, so if somebody's behind the enemy... Yeah. Well, they you miss. Just, oh, sorry, yeah. bud! Yeah, no, like, I'm gonna feel that for days! <laughs> just like any other weapon that exists, if you don't hit your target, you might hit the guy behind them, yeah. right? Just with sound, it's a way more... Uh, yeah. Can all you, can you really, they can be very targeted, though. Even nowadays, you can very finely target sound locations mm-hmm. it's kind of cool like sound mm-hmm. guns sonic you never that's fine 
I also like ray guns. No, they have sonic weaponry. But like, check out the embassies that have been hit by them. It's a conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) This this just went real weird. (laughs) It's a thing. (laughs) Let's talk about the uh, war gear of the Exarch. Uh, So they use uh, Executioner, which is a two-handed power glaive, power sword. Big weapon, capable of big hits. Yeah. Or also mirror swords, which are a twin pair of power swords created specifically for dual wielding. So they're the perfect Is is there a reason for the mirror being... Yeah, they're a mirror of each other. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like... They're perfect. Like, you you can pick up two one-handed blades, but it doesn't make them balanced for dual wielding. But these are created specifically to do it. Yeah. But I I think that's it. There very well could be like they're so shiny, and it's a mirror of your soul. Yeah, see your reflection looking back at you, and you're horrified. It's the whole terror thing. (laughs) Right, right. It spoke back. (laughs) You shut up, sword. Any uh, any cool shrines? Uh, Some shrines. We got the Crimson Scream Shrine. Mm -hmm. The uh, Mm -hmm. would you say Eben or Eben? Eben. Eben. The Eben Witch Shrine. Uh, and so they wear... <laughs> unfounded. Um, Such unfounded confidence. <laughs> they wear black bodysuits. Okay. So their armor is like a little bit different. Like, as oh. opposed to white. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a bone white. Ooh, as opposed white. to a... Well, bone well, that, white and white look quite different. Hmm. Uh, anyways, they're wearing black. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got the Shrieking uh, Blade Shrine. Oh, yes. They use... Um, they're very fond of mirror swords. Wait, what? <laughs> Shrieking Blade? Yeah. Ah, are they? Is yeah. that a thing? Okay. Good, good to I know. I have Lexican him up right now. Uh-huh. And I knew he was going to mention uh-huh. it. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Just reading everything. Eric just took a picture of Peter's notes. That's and right. it's just Lexican him and I all. stole so them from He can't him. be caught off guard. That would almost even be like a cool aspect to do on tabletop where you give everyone two-handed swords. Like, I know you can't really, but sure, fucking do it. Why not? Like, in like their whole... What? Well, create the create the lore for it, but don't field that against your friend. Well, don't use like don't literally equip them with two. Ah. Like, you just put models down with two. Like it doesn't really matter. Sure, sure, put sure. a pistol on their hip. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, WYSIWYG. Okay, <laughs> that's important to some people. Debatable. You don't think WYSIWYG is important? Uh, that's an argument for a different different time. Fair enough. I think uh, different time, different place. Yeah. yeah. Lost. WYSIWYG is what you see is what you get. Yeah. If if you put a model on the table and you says it ha- you says, he says you says it has this gun, right. then it should have. I thought, that I, thought gun. Like, was, yeah. I thought the rule was if it's not on the model, it, it's it, not. He doesn't offic- have it. It's no. not an official. That was rule. one of our house rules. That was way yeah. back. Oh. In the day. And lots of people do do it. But like, so just imagine. I feel chipped out of a lot of battles now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just imagine you everything as an orc would have been different. And you're like, no, you have to use a shooter. And you're like, but I want to use this. I'm gonna. Say you would it's a literally shooter. need. Like a different model yeah. for every weapon. I thought that was the rule. It's I'm, not. That's not. Not fair. an official rule, but tournaments will force you to have that. Okay. I don't know, man. Yep. I don't know. ITCs? I don't know, man. I think if you pull off good enough conversions with decently represented enough equipment, like obviously you're not giving. Well, you like, can call the gun a different name and say it's this, but it still needs to have that gun model on the body you can't you couldn't show a model that has a gun profile with no gun on the model that's ridiculous sure 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 yeah you could say but it's like represented what, by what's a different the difference weapon. between giving uh a howling banshee two power swords in one like there is no difference like it doesn't affect anything right yes like, no, that's no, all no. i'm saying sure <laughs> what no this is a great conversation <laughs> no it's not peter ha <laughs> 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 good times <laughs> all right so i think we're on the next one now 
Shining Spears. Shining Spears. <laughs> uh, this aspect is all about a focused killing blow. It's all about that perfect strike, that one, one spear thrust to kill your opponent, waiting for that perfect moment. Um, so they will train to become as precise in warfare as Kane himself, and they train to end conflict as quickly and directly as possible. Yeah, you'll definitely see this when we talk about how they function as a role. Yeah. Um, so if they can't end conflict with a with a conf- conflict, what is with my word today? <laughs> Me no speak. <laughs> Why well, use many words <laughs> when few words do trick? trick. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Kevin Malone. <laughs> Shout out. Um, but so if they cannot end the conflict, oh my god! <laughs> wow! If they cannot end the conflict in a single blow, yeah, they'll circle, regroup, and then go again. But they are yeah. constantly moving, and and what they use to move is every shining spear is mounted on an Eldar jet bike, so they're very very able to choose which engagements they want to do because Eldar jet bikes are so fast you can't yeah. keep up with them no. so they literally like see the the precise moment they want to charge then they charge in and like you know a second later oh crap pull yeah. out <laughs> yeah so they they're very much they choose which actions they're going to engage in if not they're just circling around shooting the odd pot shot or yeah. whatever but just we're looking for an opening exactly yeah, that's cool the interesting thing about their jet bikes is that they even like meditate while on their jet bikes and when they're training like they don't leave their jet bikes yeah at all. so like this they like, want to become attached would... to their jet bike yeah so this shrine would have to be massive so they won't they won't like jump off their jet bike to like land the killing blow and then jump back on it it's no. like the killing blow is coming from the jet bike yeah and i imagine too even if like their jet bike got destroyed and they like topple to the ground and they're still alive they're like deep sorrow like i'm sure they feel like a deep connection to their machine well, it's yeah. weird because like eldar everything out of the eldar are made out of like wraith bone which is like psycho resonant uh, and it kind of yeah you can like feel it i think you, you would know? attune to it right? exactly like you have like a connection and like a yeah a vibration then, with you and the machine yeah exactly and then all this time you spend meditating on it like i think you would actually feel like the deep loss of a friend if your yeah. jet bike got destroyed it said like they know their vehicle so well so it's an anti-grav vehicle it doesn't touch the ground but they know what's underneath them based on the different hums that come and vibrations that they feel through the bike it's like it's like when I'm playing Red Dead Redemption, that's right. And I lose my horse Jacko. Oh, no. It's just you just him sheer, Jacko. Oh yeah, just classic cowboy horse name. Just sheer, just a sense of loss mm-hmm. comes over me. Right. That's, no, that's the exact same thing. The exact same thing. Playing Minecraft, you accidentally no, pickaxe your dog. dog. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then you have to tell everyone you're fine, but you're, <laughs> you're not. not you're fine. not fine inside. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, the Phoenix Lord of the Shining Spears is uh, Dristantianian. <laughs> sure. Dradistatatatada. Perfect. That's right. And really? has been missing for millennia. Yes. So He's it, got a cool backstory. It could but. be that the armor is uh, like dead somewhere on a planet and no one's picked it up. Or it could just be he's doing his own thing. We don't know. Or oh, they don't be, know. Or know. it could be dead. We, oh, I know. You know? I know. No, he's, you don't know. He's just trying to boost his bike. <laughs> Come on! Why won't you start? <laughs> like, is there no like story? Like, no, that's there was, there like, is, was like there a is. combat, and then he was like lost in the combat. Or... That is a story, but we're, we're saving we're, it for the for Phoenix, the, for the Phoenix Lord yes. episode, right. That's right? We want people to come back. Exactly. Right. Can't Still, can't can't play all your cards. No, right, Peter. Right. <laughs> Specifically, Peter cannot yeah, play all. That's his. right, Peter. You can't. Can you? <laughs> I, I want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'm just using this as, as a... I'm just Avoiding responsibility and chores at home, probably? No, I'm just... I'm genuinely concerned about an, another invite back, so I'm just going to mm. just let her all fly. Oh, okay. Good, good. Uh, wait, down. as in like you don't want one back? That's how no, I took it. That's I how do. I took it. Too. I took it personally. Oh, what? No. <laughs> no, it was the other side. I was uh, genuinely worried that I wouldn't be invited back. I see. So the way we do that is we throw shade at someone. So mm. we pick someone in the group mm-hmm. and then everyone else gangs up on them. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, today, and since Christian isn't here, you, you're a natural. No, fit. I was going to pick oh. Peter. Peter. Naturally. <laughs> look at that look he's giving me. He's like, the wounded, like, how could you pick me? Almost like his jet bike was just destroyed. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, shining spears are one of the more rare aspects of Kane. Um, yeah. not, not to say you couldn't have a craft world only of them, but yeah. over the entire galaxy, there's yeah. not a lot of them. Yeah. What is their actual aspect of like what's it's the about, aspect? It's, the, it's the killing blow. The yeah. killing. That's that's the aspect. Yeah. Some of them aren't <laughs> like super yeah, because clear. like vengeance or like even I know that the banshees. It's not like direct, but there's still a connection to Cain. It's, I think Cain's is the it's the perfect it, it, blow. It's like yeah. as Cain inspires like fear, precision. They inspire, but killing blow yeah. is yeah, like the most like, vague to me. I, of, I, I think it's pretty like, clear. like methodical mind exactly. Like, like right, like th- he's not a berserker. Like, it's a very calculated... Yeah, exactly. Very calculated. Calculated. And, and warfare calculated. does calculated. need to be calculated. precise. It, you need to be... You know those, like, memes where the, like, sure. the math thing comes up? It's like, oh, you see yeah, the yeah. cat, and it's like, he goes the into advanced. that, like... <laughs> yeah, that's totally these guys. Oops. Just yeah. bumped the mic. Ooh. I've done it a couple times, too. Sorry. Join will edit all up. Sorry, listeners right. at no, home. he won't. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me, send. <laughs> Post. It's weird that Jordan makes all the profit but does none of the work. <laughs> he does all the work. He does all the editing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's one button he's got to press. <laughs> I edited an episode. <laughs> Took two uh, seconds. I just hit <laughs> upload. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wrestled with that too, Peter, originally. But Mark was telling me about this. Like, Wait, I, these I don't, are edited? I don't know. The aspect of Cain being the killing blow. It's less than the killing blow and more of the perfect strike in war in combat. Sure. Like if you if you have this planet in front of you and you need to take the planet, what do you take first? What's the perfect target to take to cause everything else to fall into the place? The children. The wow. <laughs> okay. Am I wrong? <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're uh, they're the future. <laughs> So, but and so the shining spears—they want the perfect target. They want the perfect blow. They want uh, a perfect combat, right? And, just, and that's represented through like Kane. Just looks so dissatisfied with this answer. He's just like, I, 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 like, I guess you got to come to these yourself, right? You have to reconcile it. Yeah, like if clearly you don't care I'm about not, a single blow. No, combat, I'm not cut out to be a shining no, spear. No, you are on the path of command. Make Eldar great again. That's You're right. not on the path of the warrior. That's, That's right. true. I wanted to be a seer, but it just they just wouldn't take. So, me. <laughs> anyways, I had yeah. something, but it won't really fit. Okay, okay uh, let's, let's talk about. Let's make it. Let's talk about the role of shining spears and how they function actually. And so they use lightning attacks to punch through walls of enemy. So like super fast, super fast. I'm and sure we could pull up the specs on how fast their bikes go. I'm sure you could. Um, so what it is, if there's it like is a, a jet bike, <laughs> there's a wall of enemies, a fast one. <laughs> they will literally, as they're speeding towards them, their lances will discharge these like bursts. They're, they're called laser lances, these bursts, and they will punch a hole through. They'll ride through and then they'll go for their target. 
And then if they fail and they miss, they just circle around and come back in. So as they're punching through, it just reveals a weakness that, you know, they're going for that perfect blow right at the weak point of the enemy. Um, and then they'll just continue. If they fail the first time, they'll continue. They'll regroup, punch a hole again, and go again until they eliminate their target. So very fast. Funky, you were right. They're just jet bikes. Really? There's no... St- oh, <laughs> no. I was like... <laughs> no, I, I'm no, just getting a bunch all of kinds ads. of stats. Oh, no. Yeah. World War Z. That's I don't weird. think that's... This one has a face on the jet bike. Shoes. I want to see fan art of uh, jet bikes with faces. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to flood your guys' email. <laughs> it's going to be glorious. Okay, so... Where were we? Now that uh, I so just when we get to their war gear, they're wearing standard armor uh the, the, the one neat thing is they do have like this shoulder part on their armor think like a knight jousting uh kind of it protects your neck or whatever a besague no no not a besague because that's like that's like your yeah, chest uh, like here. protects your armpit your no armpit. it protects think like how on my suit of armor it has like that flare oh they have that on their their spear side um yeah sorry peter go on that's but okay. other for that it's very standard yeah it's painted white <laughs> yeah highlighted with uh craft world colors yeah it looked like when we looked at pictures of their uh jet bikes is they were white but they also had potential drawings of their craft world yeah like elder glyphs and stuff yeah and, and they looked like there didn't look like to be any kind of single um yeah it, like, yeah it's not like the other ones where all the other ones are very like if you look at a dire avenger every dire avenger is blue you know yeah. these ones it feels like there's a lot of different uh colorations in them different designs yeah. uh yeah so their bikes uh employ anti-gravic gravitic engines that are capable of performing death death defying aerial stunts the bike is also capable <laughs> wow you guys reading is tough leave them alone <laughs> i've never been able to read <laughs> uh the bike is equipped with a uh, twin shuriken catapult yeah but the the quintessential weapon of the shining spear is the laser lance so this fires a highly focused laser beam at short ranges or upon physical contact with the lance so the lance doesn't actually penetrate anything yeah it's all just as soon as that lance hits you it's just this massive burst of energy yeah and just disintegrates your body it's pretty wild i like it um i always laugh when i see like the custodian jet bikes it's like great so like i just picture them like hitting a bunch of orcs and like it's like a just shish, stack it. Yeah, it's just like a shish kebab. Them like it's yeah, like, and they have to like <laughs> yeah flap <laughs> the shake it off. Yeah, yeah, it yeah off. exactly. Yeah. With it, this, it's like like because just think about like these Eldar jet bikes that go on hundreds of miles. You know, so fast. Like just imagine hitting somebody with that. Like it'd fuck up the Eldar's arm. Like the yeah, totally. It, it would just be messed up. So it's very cool. Like that. It like as soon as it hits, it shoots out the later, disintegrates their body. This would be a funny. I'm just thinking because these guys' whole mindset is like the perfect strike. Right. Think yeah. how hard it would be for them to fight like an orc rabble where there is no like strategy there. They're just running at the enemy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I'm just like, you can't. Like, yeah. Where do we start? You need an enemy and there's no enemy in an orc horde. Yeah. Yeah. Just this enemy is too dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it shoots a, shoots a cool laser and uh, they're Exarchs. They've spent so much time doing this that they, uh, they can like read the battle super well. They're all about finding that perfect strike. So like Eric or Frankie was saying, like, it would be hard to read an orc, but, like, these guys could still do it. Like, right. the Exarch is still capable of, like... There's gonna, the, he's gonna discern, find yeah, something. Discerning the orc's body language perfectly and be like, oh, he opened up right now, boom! And then, right. you know, so... That is cool just with the Eldar that it's it's 
it's very mental. Like there's yeah. not uh, like a psychic component to this necessarily as much as it's just their knowledge of yeah. battle and how battles play out yeah. more than like a seer or something like yeah. that. Yeah, this yeah. It's just they pure also, battle knowledge. Yeah, and they have yeah. the knowledge of every other exarch that's worn that armor, right? Right. So. Yeah, it's cool for the Eldar because they don't really have anything it, Yeah, it's very different like than they that. normally function, yeah. Um, yeah, they're pretty wild. Uh, the exarch is equipped with a star lance, and it's uh, one of their most sacred weapons, but it's really just a better equipped laser lance. Um, they had somebody special make it for him and whatever. And it's been around for, you know, a long time. Yeah. In the right. notes, this is a better laser lance. <laughs> yeah, that's one Just, of those Let's Acanum links. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Thanks. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Um, so they also can use uh, the Paragon Blade. So this is as actually a fabled blade that's created by the Bone Singers of Keith. Oh, this this is the third type of Let's Acanum article where they'll just name some random things that have never been mentioned anywhere and never well, will be mentioned ever again this was actually in the codex <laughs> oh okay yeah. but it's probably on lexicon <laughs> um so these blades were made by the bone singers of keith kali which are the original creators of the dock that fathered all the craft worlds so a these blades might be very very old because craft right. worlds are old or B, the people who created this are still creating things today. And it's just, it'd be a, a level of craftsmanship above and beyond yeah. regular. Yeah. Paragon, right? The the penultimate. Yeah. <laughs> That's a word. Yeah. You, you disagree, Peter. I would just think that they, wouldn't you get better at making blades over time? And so the older blade wouldn't necessarily be better? Uh, tell that to the Imperium who uh, wishes it had for dark the, age of technology. For the Eldar. The Theirs is a race in decline. <laughs> All right. That's why I need to make them great again. <laughs> They'd only return my calls. Uh, there is one more. Uh, return my calls. It took me a heartbeat. <laughs> All right. Uh, some Shining Spear uh, shrines. You've only got two uh, that are kind of mentioned. One is the Swift Kill Shrine, uh, who are particularly known for their daring charges. And That's kind of cool because it, it's almost not as like tactical. It's more like they take advantage. They, yeah, they the risk that, takers. Yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly. very cool. Where the other ones are, they they wait for that guaranteed. Calculated. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Cal- These guys calculated. Are just calculated. Uh, then you got the Blooded Lance Shrine, uh, and they frequently ride to the defense <laughs> of Maiden Worlds. Who are under the threat of invasion. Hmm. So if there's uh, these maiden worlds, these seeded worlds that uh, if there's invaders coming, they're the first ones that are going to make their way there to defend them. That's cool. Yeah. Um, one thing to note too about these uh, shrines, um, they're a lot smaller than other aspects. Not like the shrine itself, but like the members in the oh, shrine. Okay. Like the, the yeah, numbers. The numbers are a lot smaller. From what we gather from codexes. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's like every member of your shrine has to have a bike. Yeah. It's a lot more war gear. Yeah. That's way more than if you're just a dire Avenger. Yeah. 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 But I mean, like you could even like relate that to like a cavalry unit in like back in the day, right? There's not going to be like, you know, like the Uh riders of Rohan. Like that's, that's like way too. That's too fantasy for the sci-fi. Do you know how many horses Mongolia had during Genghis Khan? Okay. I guess. Yeah. Do you know? I yeah, don't. But horses. But do you know how many? Versus seven to four. <laughs> I would. I would lean more to the four. Horses are a lot. I'm going to go with like there's a lot. Well, come on. Almost think about it. You can only name million. one Mongolian. Like almost three Genghis million horses. Can. 
How many horses does that guy need? He only needs three, three, three million, apparently. Three million. <laughs> he only needs one or two. <laughs> three million. How many horses were there? By but, the right, end but of like, his but, okay, life? but say like, say like, you know, like there's like a unit, no, a cavalry unit, right? There's not going to be like an entire army base. Uh, Apart from the Mongolians, yeah. there are it's, less uh, jet fighters than only, there are marines. Yeah, if only they could uh, have their bikes mate and create smaller <laughs> bikes that would then grow. Have you heard of this larger. thing called wraithbone? Mm. All right, uh, which you could just create out just of bring spinning your, it out of warp energy. Bring your bike over. <laughs> your bike gonna... is very good. My bike is very good. We will make one good, good bike. <laughs> Let's spin our bikes together into one super bike. <laughs> they, they turn the is, bikes is it, on. Isn't that just a them. car? <laughs> they they turn both bikes on in a garage and then close the door and then you just hear both bikes like. That's all. Uh huh. That's how it goes. That's that. And then you open the door. That's how they make cars. A baby bike. Uh huh. One of those pocket bikes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, cool. All right. Anything else about the those guys? Shining spears. Nope. So let's jump on to our last one that we're going to talk about today, and that is the Eagle Pilots. Eagle Pilots. Uh, these guys is another pretty rare aspect, mm-hmm. and they are the the pilots of like aircraft, Eldar aircraft and spacecraft. Yeah, I my notes didn't update for these guys. I don't I don't know what, what they are. Yeah, they, I, don't, they've, I don't have anything on that. No, oh. but they pilot because I can't so prepared for yeah. this one. <laughs> but so okay, so these guys, their uh, Phoenix Lord is Amon Harakt. Okay, and what is he known for? Nothing really. Big. There's not not really any information on <laughs> yeah. this. But an interesting fact about his name though is translated into Low Gothic. It means fighter pilot. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I hate that. I hate when it it does that. Well, that's the Imperium, right? Because they they hear about this like ah. Oh, I guess yes. that's true. he's like the I'm on her and they're like oh it must mean fighter pilot. Yeah. I guess if you if you take it through the lens of just the Imperium yeah. is the yeah. one that's screwing this up. But anytime I read it, yeah, and it's like their name is their job. Yeah. I'm like oh man. Yeah. The, the one that always gets me is like tau naming conventions and the way the imperium names <laughs> yeah. everything because it's like they name everything after fish like all their vehicles are after fish even though tau their home world is a desert planet <laughs> <laughs> tau are more like cows and fishes like yeah, yeah it's just funny like, it is it is funny because yeah. it's the imperium who's like, translating all being very stuff. racist and be like look at those fish people over there let's name all their stuff after fish <laughs> <laughs> look at that devil fish <laughs> stingrays yeah, yeah. So the like they're just known for crazy aircraft maneuvers. Yeah. Um, the the weird thing is like it doesn't you don't have to be an eagle pilot to pilot one of these aircraft. Yeah. But if you are in an eagle pilot shrine, you are specifically flying aircraft. Yeah. You're not and, doing anything else. Yeah. And they have like one aircraft. What is it called? The the Nightwing interceptor is what they are known for using. Yeah. Best known for using. So. And that's all that's known about them. Pretty it, much. There isn't much. Yeah. Oh man. So, sorry, sorry. There's one more thing. They're known for great feats of maneuverability. Mm. Yeah, I mean, at least they have a name for their Phoenix Lord. Like, there are some aspects that don't, they're unknown. Yeah. That who their Phoenix Lord is or even what makes them special. Sure. Yeah. Well, like, we That's, don't know. Uh, like, the Crystal Dragons. Yeah, the Ebony. The or the Ebon Talons. Yeah. And the Slicing Orbs of <laughs> Xandros. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, uh, some of, like, I know the Slicing Orbs, at least. Like, it, there's only one shrine that exists ever. So it's kind of like that thing's Exarch, 
might be its phoenix lord right so you never know but um the, yeah and then yeah i guess it's because i i I know that you're, if you're talking about Phoenix Lords at some point, but are there aspects that are being still created or all are all of them linked back to when they originally started? Like the Dire Avengers was the first and the yeah. Howling Banshees that we talked about came from like the student yeah. of uh, the first Phoenix Lord. But yeah. So would so, some of these other ones be still developed or newer or are they all from back then? And we just don't know much. Yeah. About so two them. things. Um, they weren't all from back then. There are some that were not founded like right away. Like some were founded halfway through M35 or whatever. So also there would be ones that are being created nowadays. Like the, it just has to be a very specific purpose. Like you, you need some kind of direction from Kane himself. I feel. I, I don't even point. know if from Kane necessarily as more from Azurman. Yeah. The, the, Dire Avengers Phoenix Lord because he's the one who's like founding all these specifically. He's the one recruiting uh, the Howling Banshee one, James R or whatever. But that one and he's the he one he didn't recruit her technically. But he he did go around. He created he went the children around of like, Asur. But he yeah he did all of his the teaching that he did yeah. traveling to different craft worlds and then each of his students then went around and then did their own teaching. Some in the webway, yeah. some go into craft worlds. Yeah, but that doesn't places. mean that new ones can't be made. No, new there, ones. There's can a be link made. to Kane, but I don't know if originally how much of it was coming directly from Kane to Azurman. Like it, I don't know if that's as clear. Like. If that's the most necessary piece. Okay. Asurman effectively created the path of the warrior. Right? And like he is definitely the first one lost on the path. Right? So he creates the path of the warrior. He finds the war mask. Or Kane shows him the war mask. And then he's the first one who's like, I don't want the war mask. You know, I, I want to devote myself to the path of the warrior. And then everyone else, like if, if you're a member of the path, like you've now, you know what the war mask is and you know it exists, but I think it's kind of arrogant as an Elgar to assume that you would know combat better than like the first Phoenix Lord, unless Kane has given you something different it's, it's, and you want to embody a different aspect of Kane. But there's no aspect of Kane for creativity. I just don't know if the aspect of Kane is well, coming directly that. from Kane as much as just like, like, is it really from Kane or is it, you know, just like, I truly this is believe a sweet it's from like style of warfare that I think is good. And, oh, let me tie it to Kane. Like, did Kane you read is, about the Death Reapers? Yeah. Did you read about what their the Dark Reapers? Is? Yeah, like did you like their aspect did not come from Kane originally, right? And it was given to them from someone else. So I do think they're like you. You need to be given something, and you have to actually represent a portion of Kane in order to do it. If you're not representing an aspect of him, are you an aspect warrior? Like I, the Shining Spears. I don't think it shows as much as it could have not like the dire avengers where it says noble and merciless right but i do think if games workshop was willing to answer some questions about it we would get more concrete answers about what exactly it represented yeah no i think it's just interesting to to look at what to what extent kane's role is in this and the connection between kane and the phoenix lords and things like that well the young king and the exarchs like we didn't even talk about the avatar of Kane 
and like there's that avatar again the uh <laughs> do you, mm-hmm. so in the path of the warrior when the seers determined that the ba- a battle was imminent like the craft world itself itself started to like send out waves of like anger and hatred and every elder on on the craft world was affected by this to the point of where nothing but battle and rage is like emanating from this thing and it was all centered around the avatar of Cain right and and in that inner sanctum where he's created so like i do think that they don't do war without him because like sure. to do that is like to give into something different. And so if you want to create an aspect and be a member of an aspect warriors, like you have to have Kane in there somehow, because could you be an exarch and then not be like a young King? Could like without Kane's blessing, like what if he just denied you? Cause you're not a member of his priesthood, right? Like there's still, you still have to be within his purview. I don't know. That That's way more how I see it. I see it much more of a spiritual thing and less of a, tactical decision i just think every aspect of kane lends itself tactically but what if it's more an aspect of war as opposed to actually an aspect of kane kane represents all aspects though he is the god of war yeah what aspect could you think of that right off the top of my head doesn't kane doesn't represent a berserker aspect no like a a new new aspect warrior could be a berserker one but they don't Kane, have that. But Kane represents a berserker aspect. Does, does he, though? Absolutely. Or is the that avatar just... of Kane. Because how can he be a berserker? He's but... literally, he's killed Eldar in cold blood. That's no, a berserker like, action. But the whole way it yeah, works. that's why his hand drips always, the avatar's hand always drips blood. But to make him remember. But he's a berserker. Eric, the, here's the thing. If Kane is the god of war, anything you can find that's part of war, you can say is part of Kane. Yeah. Because he's the god of war. Sure. So, like, but, it's, but you can, you can make anything fit in that. Yeah, like, like, but so I think I think aspect you're, warrior of tactics. You're like, leaving the fact that these people literally meditate and like worship and give offering to Cain. So if he hasn't ordained what you're doing, then all all you're just doing is meaningless. Your offerings mean nothing. Maybe he wouldn't even give you the war mask then, right? Because the war mask comes from Cain. I, I don't see why he wouldn't if you found like, all I'm saying is that no, no, without no. his blessing, I you hear probably your your shrine probably would not survive. Like, Kane can take things away. He could take it away. Why not? How, how though? Why, how, why would he, if you come up with a new aspect of war, why would he take that away? What if he didn't think it was proper in the moment? Because, like... But he's the god of war, so, so as long every, as there's every, war. I think yeah, that's exactly. the whole thing. That's not true, though. No, that's what completely true. What, no, because at some point, sometimes maybe he thinks defense is the better option. And he's like, we don't Oh, now need. you're thinking for Kane. <laughs> no, but I'm saying... <laughs> Truly <laughs> arrogant. Not only can he not, like... There's aspects of the Cain. god of an Eldar. So, mind, we can't even comprehend the Eldar. He's like, you know, their god. No, I, I just think that Soltex. Not, not everything is necessary in a single moment, right? And so, if you had like an idea, and there's no that's a thought to though. Fit. That yeah, that says then like some some aspects are useful at some times and not others, and absolutely that's like a shifting. But so who who does that shift? Is it just natural or is it is it the the will of the craft world that does it? Is it Kane's flowing through the craft world infinity circuits that does it? I, I think there is there has to be a spiritual aspect of the aspect warrior. If there isn't, then I don't know, like everything else they're doing has to be like is very spiritual and it just doesn't make any sense to remove this from it. This is Cain is also one of the only gods who has regular contact with the Eldar people through this avatar, 
none of the other gods do. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> cool. I just think it's an a- yes. any aspect will work. I, yeah, I think you could just make an aspect. <laughs> and and like, I don't think Kane is going to be like pissed that your aspect is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. You know what I, I mean? I never said he'd be pissed. No, I think I know. you I'm just need saying, his blessing. Sure, but he's going to bless any aspect of because war because he's the god of war and as long as it's like a it's like oh that's cool yeah that, that'd be great I'll, I'll totally bless that that sounds amazing yeah let's do that does that further war what you're doing yeah <laughs> are, are more people gonna die i'm in <laughs> so I, like I don't it. think it is because it's war so i don't know that it happens all the time but i definitely think it could happen and yeah. i think that there's ways that you could come up with something or and kane's just gonna be like all for it so I'm going to agree with Peter on this one. Like you create a new sort of weapon or a new spin on a, a weapon. And then you're like, oh, we could use this to fight this type of enemy and it's going to be great. And so like, let's create a shrine. And I just think Kane is going to be for it. And yeah. And yeah. And even like uh, the, the slicing orbs of Xandar, like they're on only one craft world. So Kane thought that that was useful enough. Just it's not. Useful for everybody, but he thought it was useful enough for at least this one craft world to do it. So I, yeah, as long as yeah, it's interesting. Killing. That's all that. Matters. That's all that matters in forty k. Cool. All right. Well, I think there's so much cool stuff for part two. Oh yeah. That uh, we haven't got into yet, like the striking scorpions, like such Oof. a big part. Yeah. Of uh, who they are for the Eldar, the Dark Reapers, which you mentioned. Uh, which have some really cool stuff in there. So, yeah, lots of There's, exciting. Yeah, this was only the first too. part, I guess. I don't, did we ever see that? Yeah, I, I mentioned well, it once. Know. Didn't you put it in the title? We will. That will be. Yeah, you said that <laughs> it was going to be in the title. So yeah, yeah so there's striking scorpions, dark reapers, fire dragons, swooping hawks, war, war spiders, warp spiders. Uh, oh, did cr- I write war spiders? Yeah, warp spiders, crimson hunters, shadow specters, crystal dragons, slicing orbs of Xandro- Xandros. Eben Talons. So next episode, we're going to be talking like about drugs. <laughs> Yo, man, you want some Shadow Spectre? <laughs> want to take some Crystal Dragon? <laughs> no, I'm good. I got the slicing orb of Xandros. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cool ones. Um, they're so good. They they make the Eldar cool. Everything else cool. is kind of pansy, but cool. Yeah, look forward to part two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, anything else we want to share? Um, check thanks for inviting on. me back. You yeah. know, after three years, I it's been <laughs> two. I'm gonna stick with all right, with, with fair this enough. <laughs> That's your call, I guess. Yeah, um, check us out on Facebook, Instagram. We have shirts that we sell at Rub- Redbubble, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Merchandise you can buy yeah. bed sheets with lore sure. symbols. <laughs> Send us money, I'll bump up your uh, listener lore. You dirty That's really pushing that because <laughs> I know it bugs Eric, right? Yeah, so I love it. Yeah. <sighs> Anything the bug brother Eric. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll see you all next episode. See ya. See ya. Oh, bye.